Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 141 of Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. My name is Greg. I am the Bat Daddy 52. And folks, this week we are just two fellows from uh, Robert B. Glenn High School with high school educations and uh, talking glorious beards, talking about things we watched. So, <laughs> Sarah's out of power this week. She's not going to be able to be with us, which kind of sucks to be out of power. Yeah. Sucks to not have Sarah and it sucks to be out of power. Over a day, no power. Yeah, that's rough. That's real rough. I mean, I don't know if I'd rather be out of power during the winter or during the summer. True. You know, they both they both suck. I mean, like, I feel like during the summer there's places for you to go, whereas like wintertime, a lot of people tend to you know kind of like hide away in their homes. Mm-hmm. But man, like in the winter, like if it goes out for like a week or something, ooh. oh yeah. I remember mine went out last winter for for just a day or so, but it was out for that night. And uh, I slept in front of the fireplace. And you would think that sleeping in front of the fireplace, you'd be like, oh, well, at least that'll keep you warm. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something better in the rest of the house, but it's really not that warm. Yeah, I like I like, you know, old fashioned heat stoves. And as much as like I would prefer to like move to like a perimeter, per, uh, more primitive style life, like a, you know, go back to the, the days, like live in the mountains where it's cold and have to provide your own heat at these days. Like when, like when Sarah has no power for 24 hours, I'm like, Oh man, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, do you, do you sacrifice everything for that, for that one day to, to be not be inconvenienced that one day, yeah. you know? So I'm not, not totally get that. It's, I don't know. I'd rather just have both. One is a backup and have the uh, technology of the day. Storms have been wicked though. Well. Yeah, it almost felt like there was a tornado that came through the day. Like me and my wife rode through town, and there were a lot of trees that had fallen down. Healthy, big trees that had fallen down. Trees that are way stronger than the ones in my yard. Yeah, and the ones in my yard didn't fall, so I don't know how these fell. But there was a lot. It, it's ironic because like um, it has stormed all over the place the day before last, and live in that finite little area to where like all the storms passed all we got was like a little bit of rain and then uh yesterday the wind kicked up severe like i could i could see it you know it was pushing everything i had to move stuff around but hardly like any rain and then like you know you said you had the storms pretty good yesterday and they came through and clearly showered down on on sarah quite a bit right there on the sarah side of town yeah I didn't even look at the storms because I was actually watching Obi-Wan when it came through. So I heard it in the background. I was like, man, it's really coming down outside. But I never actually went out there to look at it to see how bad it was. Maybe that's why I'm so surprised when I see the aftermath of it. But anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Dude, we got our Thor tickets. You Should I say, you got our Thor tickets. So we Gotta go see it, man. We gotta see it. Opening night, we're going. What are we going to the late show? 1030, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes, 10.30, so we'll do a little bit of pool, a little bit of dinner beforehand. So should be fun. I'm interested to see what it's going to be about. You know, I, I think that uh, what I originally had in my mind before, no, now that we've seen Doctor Strange and No Way Home, it's kind of changed a little bit because, I, I, you know, I, I didn't know what the MCU was going to do. And I think that's why a lot of people have a lot of kind of, I guess, disappointment towards the direction they're going right now. Right. But I stand by like what I constantly say that after something like infinity in game, that whole tie up of that enormous saga, I, you, it's going to take you a minute. Like 
your your perception's already going to be screwed up because you're used to what you were getting. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be getting something a little bit different, a lot more multiversal than what we have seen so far. I thought it was going to be more like that when they jumped from in Doctor Strange when they jumped from like our universe to or our universe to where the uh, you know Reed Richards exists. I. I thought we were just going to be bouncing all through that for like this whole entire phase, whatever we're in. And yeah, what phase are I think we're four. Are we in four? Is it four? I don't yeah. know. It's been, no. it's been, it's been a crazy week. I don't, you, you, I, I can't tell you anything right now. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's kind of like when you forget your age, you get to the point where you start to forget your age when you get older. Yeah. Like I have yeah. to remind, I have to count and remind myself how old I am again. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really had no idea what direction they were going either. I still have no direction or idea what direction they're going with this. I'm just kind of along for the ride. You're right. It's not nearly as multiversy as I thought it was going to be at this point in time. The way they made such a huge deal about it. But, you know, they made such a huge deal about that with Captain Marvel, too, with her appearance and, and like her being the strongest Avenger and this and that and being able to travel through time. And like before she came out and before a movie came out, it was like, can't wait till you see Captain Marvel. And then when Captain Marvel came out, it was like, okay she wasn't like you didn't make her like as big of a deal of her when she was on screen as like you made her out to be i don't know we'll see what happens it's marvel good track record they do such a good job with what they have and then Mm -hmm. when they realized and they started getting the backing and the more properties and everything else like i think that's why they need to like do their little retreat because when, now that you have your hands in so much, because they're like, people love what you do, do more of it. Uh, they're not piecing it together. Miss Marvel felt like it was a piece that they were just trying to add to the puzzle that mm. didn't really have a spot quite yet. But like, clearly she has a name, you know, name recognition for her goes a long way. Right. But uh, we're going to get a lot more of it. I'm interested to see how they're going to turn it around. Look, and I know, like you said before, uh, you really enjoyed the first Thor, and I did too. But I really liked how they were able to turn Thor around into. I liked the funner character, and I know that he at some point he's gonna have to be serious. But it's funny, it's good seeing him have a full arc, mm-hmm. and that's what I really enjoy. So I hope Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel kind of gets the same thing with Miss Marvel and um. Oh Lord, whatever the other woman's name is from Wandavision, um. Wanda? No, oh, you're talking about a uh, Spectre? Is that what they're? No, yeah, not, I think that's what they're going with. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Yeah. But with, if they do all of that, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, dang it! I had a I had a train of thought I was going with with what you were saying here, and I've completely lost the train of thought that I was rolling with. Um, I'm wondering where Captain Marvel fits into this like this. Not excuse me, like Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel fits into this universe. Um watching the show and i guess we can actually we're we're, we're gonna talk about the shows here in a little while we don't have to walk into this moral first because i don't know if you have any news you want to go over or whatever not but, really okay so we'll just a lot of stuff people talked about with nothing serious okay we'll just talk about miss marvel a little bit then um i i haven't seen a villain introduced and beyond being knowing it's in marvel and beyond the references to avengers and everything else i don't see a lot of connection in this universe it's only two episodes in i don't have to have that right now it's not ruining the show for me but I, I wonder, I'm like, okay, where are they fitting this into this universe? Because you said it seems like they're trying to fit like a puzzle piece into this, what's going on. And I feel like it's kind of like what they did with Ant-Man. But with Ant-Man, they had a place to put him in into a major 
team up movie immediately afterwards. We know we're not getting a major team up movie. So like how yeah. is I'm wondering how this fits in the universe. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's a good show, but it does. I get the same the same kind of vibes as I did from Stargirl. Like it, it it's it's a different kind of show, but it's that same kind of thing. Like it's fun. Um I don't know if it goes on for X amount of seasons, how many seasons I would continually follow it. Cause like, I, I'm kind of, I don't know if I even want to continue to follow star girl. It's a good show, but it's like, eh, I don't know how much, how much is hanging on to me. You know, it's, it's not meant for me. It's not my, yeah. I'm not the demographic they're aiming for. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying what I see so far with, with uh, Miss Marvel. I just, uh, I have questions about where is this show going and, and what, what's going to happen with it. You know, well, to your point about like the, about how Ant-Man fit in better. It's because, he was, you know, small fry and he was the heist man. And that's what they didn't really need a heist man. But the fact that he had these abilities to both grow and shrink were very good when they put him in that team up movie. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel is all powerful. I mean, you can't just interject her, but, but I mean, I think that it worked out decent enough in end game for her to come down, you know, and destroy the ship because it was that pivotal moment where they needed someone super powerful to come in and do that. Right. Miss Marvel, the show itself is an introduction to the character. And I think that the show itself is great. I yeah. really like the show, everything, uh, everything that they're doing with the, I mean, I love all of the shots. I love how creative that they are with telling a story within the story and making the the viewer seem a lot more interjected than just i don't know like uh at some point you can always be omniscient because you're the viewer you see everything that's the whole point is you get to mm-hmm. see everything that's going on well in miss marvel they do a lot more they you know they do a lot of explaining to help you get to that point right. and not because you're dumb but because it's fun yeah well, and you know, with Miss Marvel too, I actually just talked to my daughter about it. Uh, my daughter's 15. This is the age. This is exactly the yep. age range they're shooting for with this show. And my daughter and her male and female friends absolutely love it. Yeah, it's really like, good. Like she says her and her friends really love it. She actually hasn't watched episode two yet. And she was, she was like, you've already seen episode two? And I was like, well, yeah, of course I've seen episode two. I'm going to talk about it tonight. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, she, she's really, really enjoying it. So they, they nailed that demographic, or at least from my daughter and her friend's point of view. Yeah, like, it opens up the... the you know, I mean, kids are a lot more. That's the word I want to use. Um, kids are a lot more open to the world they live in now. I mean, mm-hmm. with the they have phones and computers and technology. You know, like it teaches them to be open to everything that exists. And when you're young and you have no cares in the world to worry about, your voice is what you have. And like. Mm-hmm. It's funny seeing how traditional the family that Kamala Khan comes from. And you have someone like Bruno, her best friend, who comes from a totally different point of view. But, I mean, they're all living in Jersey. The cultural influences are crazy. Um, The fact that she, just when that episode, episode two opened up, you could see the confidence on her just from that moment that she had in the last the last episode and it was that's my so first crazy. note is confident coming into school i mean it was a, it was a night and day difference seeing her do that and i mean this character is a lot more of a it, it this character i've heard it before but it was the first thing i thought of watching the first episode this character is a lot more of a spider-man style character yes it's a lot more street level um 
you know, Spider-Man was, uh, Spider-Man has gone on to be part of fantastic things in the comic books, but at the end of the day, he's a kid. Mm -hmm. He's a kid trying to get along in life. You relate to Peter Parker. You don't necessarily relate to, to Tony Stark. You don't necessarily relate to, to um, Steve Rogers or, or, or Thor Odinson. You don't, you don't relate to these guys. You can relate to Peter Parker. You can re relate to Kamala Khan. Like, I mean, it's, 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 that's why the character is so good. And that's why I think my kid, my daughters like it so much. And I'm enjoying the show as well. It's, it's like I said, it's not something that I would eventually stop watching because I mean, I like the flash and I stopped watching that after three seasons. I mean, so I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give it a few seasons, especially if it continues to, to be good and part of the sh uh, part of the main storyline that I need to watch anyway. Before we get too far into that, I remember what I was going to say you were talking about Thor before. The thing I love what they've done with Thor is they've given us a bunch of different versions of Thor. You've yeah. got the serious Thor, the, the badass Thor that I like. You've got the more comedic one that you're more of a fan of. But Chris Hemingworth plays both parts so well, and he can snap back to either one at any point in time. And that's what they've done with Thor. And that's what I like about it is he may not be the badass all the time whenever like you're not in a fight, but he's a guy you want to have in a fight with you. you know, and that's well, what that's the kind of Thor I want. And man, not only the fight, but I mean, the Chris Hemsworth plays such a multifaceted role with Thor. <laughs> I mean, the loss in, that you see on his face in Infinity War, like I felt that, you know, when he's talking to Rocket and having that conversation, like I lost my brother, I lost my father, I lost my mother. I've lost everyone mm -hmm. and an eyeball. Yeah. Found I got a sister and she's the worst person that could ever exist. Killed so, my father. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like when you, when you see the, the, the gravity of what has gone on with that character, you're like, damn dude. Oh, yeah. oh. all right. So Tough back one. to Miss Marvel real quick. The next point I want to bring about that is one thing I love about the show. And I love when they do these scenes is the scenes where she's walking in somewhere or saying something or talking and it's what she sees and feels in her mind. And then it snaps back to what's actually happening in reality. Cause yep. I've had those kind of moments in my life, you know, where like in my mind, this is what's happening, but in real life, this is what's happening type thing. And I love when they snap back and forth between those two things. And this one, it's a really, really cool uh, way to film the show. I think no, uh, all of the, all of the creativeness for the cinematography and the directing style and everything that goes into this, the team has meshed so well that it's ridiculous that what you get on screen is fantastic. And I don't like mo most of the Marvel shows. Like, <laughs> Uh, take take like the boys for example right as soon as the boys came out with this season they mentioned that they renewed it for the next season the marvel doesn't give you that kind of news mm -hmm. dc but, is always up in the air because dc really really sits heavy on their ratings so like in the Arrowverse, it depends on like how much like the last season got ratings mm -hmm. marvel is just literally playing a game where it's like here's a character watch this it's a little story we wanted to tell and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to get another one. Mm -hmm. It's it's like the comparison of a big. Uh, I'm I'm in the process of trying to buy a vehicle right now, so I'm going. I, I see this. It's like a uh, big car dealerships, like the Ford, Nissan, Chevy dealerships. They just go out and buy vehicles mm -hmm. and put them on the lot. Whether they they're eventually going to sell these, and whether they're doing it doesn't matter. And then there's the small mom and pops places that have so many less because they have to invest in what they've got so much, and what they've got has to be successful for them to. So it's it's just like that. Like with Marvel, Marvel's part of Disney, man. It's part of the mouse. Like it's you you have unlimited power now. 
at some point you have to pinpoint your audience. And I mean, like they have such a wide audience that pinpointing it is not that hard. Shotgun. They're (laughs) using the shotgun method, man. Just, just put everything out there and everybody's going to grab a little bit of this, you know? Yeah. So they don't have to have everything. They're not relying on everything being an insanely financial success. Yeah. You know, but people, like I didn't get a whole lot of news from people on moon Knight. But that was a Marvel show that was within the Marvel universe that felt like it could go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I mean, I know they're going to make more of it, but at the same time, I just don't know like how they're going to weave them in the future. But I think the fact that they put all this stuff on Disney plus now gives them such a, uh, a wider, like you said, shocking wide array of where and when they can use characters because they've already brought them in. Sometimes they'll surprise you with new characters and then go back and tell you, you know, their story. But Miss Marvel, even though they've, you know, changed some things that people don't like because you can't please everybody. Watching this show is great. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they mentioned the, the Ant-Man reference, not only the Ant-Man reference, they mentioned the, uh, Oh my God, what's his name? Yeah, that's decent timing. <laughs> they mentioned um, uh, who plays Ant Man? Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd as like the sexiest man. So they made that whole that whole joke about like how hot Ant Man was, and like you know it was not only like real life innuendo and Marvel innuendo, but it was all really good. How they just tied that little bit back in, and it was no more than like thirty seconds of dialogue. So it worked out really well. Sorry. I like how that lightsaber alert with Sarah. She might be joining us in a little bit. So we're going to send her an invite real quick. Sorry. Good. I like how uh, everyone's calling her nightlight. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty (laughs) cool. You know, I was talking to my wife about this today in the car. Uh, You know, I myself have been in my mind uh, and, you know, a little bit on paper trying to write and create some stuff because like, I'm just trying to be more creative, like get older and just more stuff I wanted to do for the longest time. And I haven't. And it's so funny with this and like the boys, how insanely easy it is for these writers to just come up with a hero and a name and a power and bam, and make it work. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I, good, well, first of all, because you can't you can't come up with anything new because every type of yeah. power or it, it, it's been used. Most names have this. So you've got to be really, really creative with what you do. But like I see it on like the boys and like even here with Nightlight, I'm like, man, or, you know, um, how, how quickly people do it on Spider-Man with Night Monkey. Like, I'm like, man, how do people do this so quickly? And it, it sticks and it's so well. Or does well, they're so a well, team, man. I mean, you know? I mean, when you. <clears throat> uh like it's it's always difficult for me because like I'm I'm a thinker you know like uh you know someone says like build me something my brain just goes into overdrive like my mouth turns off and my head starts working and when you get into a room full of people who have all these ideas and you start literally just throwing stuff to see what sticks and once something sticks you can go you can build a whole entire persona of a character in in minutes you know you you say the stupidest things but like it's perfect because nightlight when she makes all these bright, weird things that people see, like it was, it's such a double meaning and it's ridiculous and it's funny. And I thought that as a kid who wants to be a superhero, who has a superhero that she idolizes, people are calling her stuff already. Just like they, 
you know, she probably has to deal with like growing up and uh, being of some shade of a color. Being called Nightlight is just hilarious to me. I I, yeah. I don't know why. It's very patronizing. Well, it it's patronizing, but it's actually like if Nightlight wasn't such wasn't associated with children, it would actually be a cool little cool name. Yeah. You know, like, like I mean, to be truly honest with you, I mean, but that's the other it. side of it, right there, is that it's yeah. like it's very. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> right, right. Very fitting for the character. Yeah. Um, let's see. I wrote a lot of notes about this, but I watched this when I uh, don't remember a ton. We, 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 like I said, I don't think we have, uh, they've established anything about a villain yet, but towards the end of this episode, we did find out at least about a new character. We've got questions about her grandmother the whole time. Is it a grandmother, great grandmother, great grandmother? Oh, her her great grandmother great grandmother i think that shamed the family so yeah. she's done something to shame the family and it has something to do with this bingle is that what it's called on her arm bingle yeah. yeah yeah and her mom knows something about it like has to know something about it right it seems almost like your great grandmother was like a hippie right mm-hmm. and like she lived like this really weird carefree life and so in this aspect and she's not a hippie she was like a misunderstood superhero you know, it's like a witch before, you know, witches in the MCU were cool, I guess. Right. But you have, uh, well, I want, I want to say this because it seems to be that the big bad is going to be mixed in with, you know, it's not going to be one big bad where there's going to be like two or three situations she has to handle. And the uh, damage... Um, Oh, they're in the comic book too, man. I can't think of anything tonight. But the it's Saturday, the, we turned our brains off on Friday. I know, man. <laughs> um, the group of people who pick up and clean up after the superheroes when they go in and you know make a massive mess, uh, like the whole part that Falcon was in Spider-Man, you know, where he was the part of the crew that went in and started doing that. Well, then his team got booted out because Tony Stark created the damage, whatever the, the assessing part and Mm. what that is. I mean, it's a whole organization, but it seems like the law enforcement people, that was the, uh, mid credit scene from the first episode was seeing those two cops right off the bat. And it seems like they're going to be kind of the authority. So she's going to fight not only authority, but then she's going to have, maybe some boyfriend's mother to be a problem too. And then a whole family issue to deal with also. Yes, that is the issue. Cause the, the person we saw at the end was, so what's the guy's name? Kamalan? Is it the guy's name? His mother? Yeah. Or Car- Carmon, I think. Carmon. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I thought I wrote it down right, but maybe I didn't. I think it's Carmen. Carmen. Carmen? Okay. Um, who Bruno looks like is insanely jealous of who, yeah. I, I, I still stand by Bruno for me just looks like a young Travis now. <laughs> I, I still haven't shown that showed him the side-by-side picture yet, but I might have to show it to him. Um, I thought it was funny how they throw the little teenage love story in here too, because like, obviously Bruno has feelings for her, you yeah. know, obviously he's a big part of his family and he'd already signed up to go to this program in California. But now oh, there's right. another, now there's another guy around. He's like, well, I don't know if I want to go. And it's like, well, dude, what do you think was going to happen when you? I mean, I get it. And it's a kid. I get it. 
kit. But what do you yep. think was going to happen when you left anyway? You know, so. But well, he's smart. I mean, he was. You wouldn't be able to tell me that when I was that age. Oh, very so true. I, I, I don't disagree with him. That's yeah. a girl that I I have feelings for. Mm-hmm. He was rocking the Marty McFly look when he was sitting in there too with the orange vest. And I'm like, they just keep throwing all all sorts of little things at you. <laughs> they had the whole training montage between him and Kamala. That was and cool. There's that one moment where they did the Black Widow scene. Where it's like, you have to let me go. Yeah. Let me go. <laughs> yeah. So it falls like an inch. Two feet. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, see, I, I have a problem because I wrote, like, see, this is why I don't like writing vague notes. I usually go into super detail, but then I miss stuff on screen. So, like, I tried not to miss stuff on screen and write vague notes, but then I can't remember what the hell my notes were about. Um, well, you have the, uh, the, was it the Eid Mubarak festival? Yes, which I meant to look that up to find out what that was about. I, I don't really remember. I mean, I just know it's popular in the in the culture. Um, I remember it being celebrated when I was in countries that celebrated it. Uh, but it was funny seeing it Jersey style, and it was funny that that you know when they did all the niche the niche groups of like you know the Insta right whatever and you mm-hmm. know like all those types because I mean it all truly exists and it's funny whenever you pinpoint a culture in a, such a small area when there's plenty of them plenty of people to partake in it because it was all right there in your face and you're like i mean that's just like high school all over again it's, it's exactly, exactly like, like high school <laughs> the parking lot of high school yep, yep. <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like so all the clicks mm-hmm. uh but yeah man this, this show's really uh really taken off for me so far uh nothing i don't like about it other than I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the story's going. But like I said, it did give us that little bit at the end there. It's like, okay, now we've established this character. We've established everybody in this world. I think that maybe, and this is why I think that it's going down the same type of path as like star girl, like her rival high school rival friend, the one she saved. Oh, um, the Zoe girl. Yeah. I think that there's going to be some kind of thing where she's some kind of, Maybe it's just maybe it's only on a social level that they make her like a villain, but she's going to be some kind of thing that she has to defeat her. She seems to be getting it. like when her party got raided, which uh, Carmen jumping off the roof. Like I don't, I don't understand that. Whatever. That he's was a, a senior. badass flip though, but man, he's a senior with like Balls. a five o'clock shadow all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, drives a badass vehicle. Yeah, a Porsche. Like, was it Porsche? Whatever the panorama or whatever the four door is yeah she's not driving that he's coming out of nowhere yeah yeah which was i mean completely suspicious i mean when you see the kid uh, i thought that he was going to be like a you know it's like a sleeper agent or something of the sort but it appears more that they are that they could end up helping each other maybe him and her Maybe he's got some sort of thing and his mom teaches him. Maybe she's like the opposite of like Valentina from uh, the end of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, here's the thing. I don't know enough. And I like that because each like there's two episodes out of six so far. And I'm like, I've just been like both of them. Like I just eat them up. Because you're not making up something in your mind that you're building yeah. expectations for. Yep. Yes, I totally agree with you that that is the beauty of having these characters that I don't know much about. So when they're done well, characters I don't know much about is great because of that fact. And and I, that's why I've been staying away from trailers and all that kind of stuff and news mm-hmm. as much as I can. Because 
even the characters I know a lot about, if you can surprise me a little bit, it makes it that much more fun. I hate, yep. I hate knowing what's happening, and I hate having an idea built up in my mind and that and like, okay, this is what I want, and this is what's going to happen, and then it not happen, then I feel almost more disappointed because usually it's not done as well as what I thought it was going to be. But that's just my mind. They don't make the movies yeah. for me, shows for me. So we we live in that clickbait culture, man. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. You got to get out there and see it, make your own opinion before everyone tells you how either bad it sucks or how decent that it actually is. Mm -hmm. Everyone was talking about Top Gun. I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. I'm just going to manage my expectations. I know everyone's saying it's good, right. but I just want to manage my expectations. Well, that was one you couldn't avoid hearing the news for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're going to hear the news about that. But honestly, that's why you and me and Sarah, we don't really discuss the shows until we get here live like we may say a thing or two but beyond that we we just because i'd i don't want to influence y'all's opinion i don't want y'all to influence mine and it's just more fun to get a reaction right then and there you know Definitely. but for the most part i pretty much know what y'all are thinking about a lot of stuff anyway so and like what do you think about ice cream pizza <laughs> mm, ice cream that was gonna be my show but i knew i had something down <laughs> i knew i had something i was like i meant to write it down ice cream pizza um I mean, the logic was there. I like the flavors. So I put them together. <laughs> it's funny just having that conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, getting like, think of your favorite food, ice cream pizza. Is that one or two? Well, it's two, but I put them together. And like <laughs> it, the nonsense of the of the conversation just yeah. kept rolling. I'm like, okay, I can get on board with this. Like they didn't make it. It wasn't. It was just enough of a quip mm -hmm. to be really good, and not like suck because it was too long or be crappy because they only mentioned it for you know like two seconds yeah so i think that the timing and like the way that they're working this stupid stuff in is perfect oh yeah one thing i need from this show i kind of think i need it next episode and i think we're gonna get it um i need some kind of explanation of power some kind of like somebody who knows about these powers to have some kind of dialogue that tells me what she can and can't do limitations abilities things like that like i need to know i just need to have an idea of it um we just we've seen things so far and we've seen her grow and develop with them and i like the little stepping stone things she does i like seeing her get better with that um i like the powers i've seen so far i just i just want to know what the limitations are and like what all she can do like is this it well, and if so how does know. it get you know i know but I'm, somebody does yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping that in the show, at some point in time, and I think next episode we're going to, we're going to start diving into a little more story, a little more Miss um, Marvel story, now that we've think introduced and met all the characters. We've been getting the six-episode thing for a little bit now, mm -hmm. and it seems like episode four really starts to kind of give you more information. Three leaves you to a point where you're a little pissed off because you didn't get it yet, and then four, you start you start to get it. Five, they stretch out that window between episodes four and six, and then six is clearly like the Before they wrap it up, the resolve. Yeah. So hmm. I don't, I don't know if you're gonna get the next one, but you're definitely gonna get more information. Yeah, we won't have long before we get there. I know that, but show's doing really well so far. Like I said, for my daughters, that's the age group they're going for. They're hitting it right on the head. Um, they love it. I'm loving it. Um, just keep it coming, Marvel. I, I have questions about how it ties in, but it's not going to affect how much I like the show based on me not knowing how they're going to integrate this in the system. Cause I'm sure once again, they're way smarter than me. They've got this figured out. They, they've been thinking about this for a long yeah. time. We know she's going to be in the Marvel's movie. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know how much extra you're going to get because I mean, you get so much Captain Marvel just because the fact that she loves her so much and it's cool to actually see the next generation look up to the superheroes that existed before yeah, to become superheroes themselves. So now it, we're getting that aspect. It's funny that this has been around literally in the world, in our world so long that you have a next generation of people yeah. that can look up to these characters and that's awesome to be able to follow. But, yeah. You got to think about it when, I mean, I was doing like a major rewatch before infinity war came out, you know, kids had not seen these movies, like a few here and a few there, but I mean like, no, you don't understand this whole thing is a story. Mm -hmm. And then you, you teach that story and then you reach a certain point to where like that next generation picks it up. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember being in college, being at work and the guys at work talking about, Hey, um, you seen the, uh, the stuff for the Iron Man movie. And I was like, yeah, um, <laughs> it looks pretty good. So it, it's crazy how long this has been going on. Um, I think, yeah, that's all I got for Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah. Sarah is going to come on. She's watched, she's finishing watching Strange New Worlds now that she has power back. So she wants us to go ahead and talk about the boys because she's not caught up on that. That way she can talk about Obi Wan and Strange New Worlds with us. So let's talk, unless you had something else with Miss Marvel. Right. Uh, it, the only other thing that I could remember was at the end. I don't understand how Carmom and his mom showed up in the car and like no one else saw it. That was it. That yeah, that was I had it started in the very end, the getaway. Like, yeah. how does nobody notice this? Or hear it? I mean Yeah. Because she kind of like flipped over the edge of the car and like they're on the other side of this vehicle. All she did was like jump over a vehicle and then a car zooms up, mm -hmm. picks her up and goes away, and it's like Where'd she go? It's like, there's no yeah. way you didn't see that car. <laughs> Nightlight magic. Up. Yeah. So that was one thing I had noted on there, but uh, whatever, man. Yeah. That's not bring too much logic into these stories. There's actually a couple things in all these shows that I have that are the exact same. It's like, how exactly did that happen? But, uh, well, let's, uh, let's move on then. Let's, uh, let's go on to the boys. Um, <clears throat> talking about two episodes this week is last week. We didn't get to talk about the uh, episode Four, was it so we're on four and five this yes. week yes okay so just starting at the beginning of episode four and we'll bounce around just talking about both these episodes but man this homelander plot is thickening um i based on what they've brought in with soldier boy in this season i i think that we may see the end of homelander at the end of this season it's really totally do. possible I really, really do. Like, part of this show being so good is one that, like, how realistic it is, but two that there really are no stakes. Like, they they don't um, they don't hold back. So I think that anybody is on the table to be killed. I do think that we're going to see a few main characters be killed this season. I think that A Train's gone. I think the Deep is gone. Um, and I think that we might actually see the end of Homelander at the end of this season. To be truly honest with you. But I'm not sure. That's the direction they're pointing me in. So that may be what they're wanting me to think as yeah. it's going, you know? So they're trying to give you the fact, or they're trying to give you the, the well, I don't know if I call him a hero or a villain. They're trying to give you the, you know, the opposing force to Homelander. Mm. And so if there finally is something that can stop him, then 
I mean, your you figure that was that figure episode four they brought him in, mm-hmm. and you start to try to understand Soldier Boy's power, and his new power. It's interesting because last season did a good job of telling a story past what they did with that or season one. Season one was really good, mm-hmm. but it was all brand new. You didn't know what to expect. Season two. Uh, a little bit of a slump for me, but it feels like with this one, they're doing the same story, which is things are tough. At the end of season two, the boys were like, on a high, you know, like they, they did what they needed to do. They, they accomplished something. So when the hero wins, it doesn't feel like there's as much turmoil. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in this season it came out and they're, you know, you have Nazi Homelander, I mean, he is Hitler Homelander right now. He is, he is like adopted what Stormfront wanted him to adopt and the Storm Chasers or whatever that clique they're calling themselves is. But at the same time, it's so puny and weak because he's, he runs his life off of ratings and he's twisted, you know, but then you have the likes of all these minor superhero stories. And you have the boys that are tearing themselves apart yet again to now we saw in was episode five that they're going to have to force themselves to come back together. Mm-hmm. They got to work towards something because of what they're ultimately trying to do is stop the things that happen to them happening to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they up the bar with this, uh, uh, v24 or whatever the, the the temporary v is yeah but man that's some pretty cool stuff i'm not gonna lie and they keep making <laughs> fun pretty, of huey that's some pretty like, fucking they, cool stuff they can't let huey have a good moment and that's all he wants that's what he I keeps know. saying that's, that's all i really want and you know what hey, I'll go and say it. he's naked i called it huey has taken the v now i mm-hmm. said that was gonna happen i said i didn't think the season would do that and um Oh, what was the other thing I called? I had it written down here. Just, I was just talking about it or just thinking about it. Um, I'll remember it because we'll bring it up. And I'm sure I'm like, yeah, I called that one too. Now I can't even think about what the, if I called. What the hell's wrong with my mind, man? Uh, anyway, I called something else. And we're going to talk about that in a little while too. I'm sure whenever it comes back to me. But um, yeah, man, it, it, the, the boys, you know, when I talked to Nathan about it, he, boy, we love, he, he and I love about the show. It's, it's the most realistic superhero show there is because if there were superheroes in the real world, it would be very similar to this, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe even worse than this. This may be yeah. even a little tamed down for how it would actually be, you know? Um, the fact that they base it off of, rate, like, base their their livelihood off of ratings and that ranks them like where they are in the whole super or non-super scheme mm-hmm. is about the only thing that's keeping them leashed yeah and the the best part about this is they take real world aspects stuff that's actually had that's why it, it feels so real they take stuff that's actually it's almost like a live action south park they take yeah. real stuff and they pick on that and they pick on both sides of it which is great like you see how stupid you're being you see how stupid you're being this is how mm-hmm. stupid it looks you know, and, and I love that about the show. I absolutely love that about the show. But um, the Blue Hawk and A Train moment, I'm like, fucking A Train's a retard. What is he doing? Why is he bringing him in to, to do this? And it, it did exactly what I thought it was going to do. It fell on its face and it turned him into, you know, a martyr for a cause. Yep. I'm like, his, his, so normal, real reasoning was not wrong. 
yeah. A-Train. It's just you, you you went about it the wrong way. Your, totally. your reasoning for what you're doing is, is completely justifiable, and, and something needs to be done. But that wasn't the way to do it, and that's the character they're making him out to be, is just the oblivious character. Like he's oblivious to everything. Like he he just he doesn't stand for anything, and he wants to stand for something because I think he knows his time is coming. Yeah, like it, it, it's coming soon. I think A Train's going to put it or not A Train. Um, Homelander's going to put it into him by by the end of this season. Like I thought it was going to happen in episode three, but it's going to happen real soon. Can we talk about uh, the lethal dildo scene? Oh, we totally can. We're skipping around <laughs> like crazy. I was trying to <laughs> trying to trying to do it chronologically, but yeah. I, I did I screwed up myself with Blue Hawk, but yeah, that dildo scene was. And so, well, it was funny because like when I first saw it, like he, it shows it real quick, like the whole wall of them, and mm-hmm. I was like, "What were those?" I wasn't sure exactly. I had an idea. And I was like, "I think those were dildos," but I'm not sure. And then like immediately after that, you're like, "Okay, you know, pretty crazy shoving dildos through guys' faces and everything else." Yeah. Kamiko puts holes in people with dildos that don't exist yes Yes. i mean she's using it for the intended purpose just the wrong hole i guess you would say the hole she creates for it so pretty insane scene it was crazy how they had one for every member of the seven like everything in this universe is about the seven every single thing that's what i'm saying like the ratings thing is important like Mm -hmm. for them to climb that ladder and be a part of that you know that justice league avengers-esque style group Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, play ball when there's so many people that were exposed to the the V. Uh, what do you do when there's a whole subculture of superpowered people? All right. All right. We did get one question, or at least I did answer in this episode, episode four, that I was wondering it was whether um, Nadia could defeat Homelander, whether she could make his head explode. I don't think we got it answered, but we got what they think answered. I don't think they know. I don't think Homelander knows. I don't think she knows if she can. I think they haven't tested it. But Homelander, up to this point, hasn't wanted to take a chance. And that's what Edgar's had on him, right? Is her. Like, I'm assuming that's what he's had on him. Because he's had something on Homelander. And he even says in this episode, I still have control of him. I don't know how. But he has something. And I thought it was Nadia. I thought it was, well, I can use her on you and you can't do anything. Because she can do that through video, right? It's anything she can visually see. She can, I think. I, I don't know if that's what he had on her. I know that she was definitely scared because she fears for the safety of her daughter. Mm-hmm. And the moment that it was found out that uh, the person in the CIA who is supposed to, who could possibly do damage to the Seven, is that related to Edgar? Mm-hmm. It would spell trouble for her. And her daughter right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I don't think that... I mean, yeah, we don't know if she can do it. We're led to believe that it's possible. Yeah. And it very well could happen. But fear is what's driving that whole thing right now. Fear is keeping... Fear of Homelander is keeping Nadia in line for her daughter's sake. Yeah. So... By the way, she gave her the old school V. Like the stuff from season two. Like the permanent stuff. Oh, remember she like injected it into her back. Yeah. So I was looking at that. And I was like, oh, that's the permanent yeah. stuff. That's not like the stuff that Engine created in Ninja Turtles. Like that's like or TGRI. Yeah, the blue I stuff mean, was the original, is, and then the green was the the temporary. Yeah, the green's a temporary. Yeah, I said Engine is Teenage Mutant Turtles. Engine is Jurassic Park. TGRI yeah. is Ninja Turtles. Get your there stuff you right, Greg. Come on. Ah, you're 
we are fi sign all over the place right now. I know, right? Um, hey, what was the uh, the point of uh, uh, Mother's Milk saying like Red Dawn and Rocky Four and like all the different '80s movies names whenever he was they were breaking into that facility? Did you notice that? Like he kept saying all these '80s movies, like Red Dawn, Rocky Four, and like I was like, why is he doing that? Oh, because they all related to Russia. Oh. Okay. That's where like the Ivan comments, like you know, like okay, Ivan's got him now. Sense. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's all all relating to Russia. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, Promise QS Panda in the chat. Says, "Wait, that's her daughter. I thought that was her sister." Mm, if you're still in the chat, you got to give me a little more information on what you're talking to because I saw this, Nadia's uh, daughter. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That that's definitely Nadia's daughter. That that in there, it's not her sister because she mentioned a number of times her daughter. Um, yeah. or, I think that might that might be what she's talking about. Yeah, I, I saw this late. It may have been about the last show. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, Kimiko and Frenchie want to leave, and I can totally understand their mindset of wanting to leave. But uh, at least they're going to finish this one job. I do like these like days. Like, look, man, we're here to do this. We're going to finish this job. Then we'll go. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad we're not going through that turmoil in this season. Like, finish totally. this, and then you're cool if you go. And yeah, she was talking about Nadia. Um, or was talking about Nadia. So, um, yeah, that that's her daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen Edgar her. say her daughter. So, I like that Edgar calls uh, Homelander bad product. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. He's got to have something on him still because he's got some balls. Well, he is keeping them. I'm like, he knows how to treat them. And that's why you get, that's why you see Homelander where he is now. Like mm -hmm. all of that aggression of being treated the way he doesn't want to be treated is, and has been uh, compacting and adding up when, um, I'm going to forget her name now. Um, when the other woman that he, Breastfed off of the Russian was in control. Hmm? Who are you talking about? Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, Helmlander, yeah, the one that he killed. Yeah. Um, when she was in control, you know, she played to him in a totally different manner. And now you have Edgar, you know, like the angry father figure who basically says, you know, like you are literally just a piece of shit, yeah, and <laughs> you don't understand that, you know, once like many other movie lines, everything that is good from you came out of a bottle. Uh, yeah. you can't control the person that you put into that position. And that's why I say like, he is very Hitler-esque right now. He is realizing that nothing can stand in his way because he has a following and it is literally pushing him. But he's also realizing that it wasn't just about him being the hero. There's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that went on that we're talking about here in this next episode mm -hmm. that, that went on that he's having to cover now that Edgar's gone, which is cool to see. He sees that aspect of it too. It's like, it's not just this. Yeah. Um, he didn't want all that. Does Edgar, Edgar has powers, doesn't he? I don't think so. Well, didn't he get blown up at the end of season two and like, half his body was like gone and burnt away and now he's fine so he's got to have like he's got to have some kind of healing powers it's possible i'm gonna tell you i don't remember a whole lot about season two i'll have to go back and watch it. i do remember there was a scene where there was an explosion and we thought he died but you saw him in like a two-face s thing where he was like fucked up but he lived and i'm like well 
maybe he has powers to them because he's not messed up now. Just but I got to go back and watch that too. Okay. Yeah, I got to go back and watch it too. And I thought it was funny too how the first time Huey took the, <laughs> took the V, didn't uh, Butcher say that he just he must have licked up the, the the whatever was left, the droppings or whatever was left because he didn't have enough to give him some. But he had the teleportation power, so he's like, he must have licked it up. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, so on to the next one. Um, the next episode. This episode ends with them with Soldier Boy doing his little explosion thing and Kimiko getting injured from it and not healing. So she's looking like it's it's not she's not gonna make it. And I actually thought there might be a chance they might kill her. You know, I'm glad they didn't because I like the character, but I thought I was like, yeah. they may kill her here. Um, so it makes me believe that whatever reason she's not healing is the reason is what they're going to be able to use against Homelander. Whatever it was that, Sol that Soldier Boy did, and we I don't know what it was. They haven't explained it yet. That's going to be the reason they're going to be able to stop Homelander. Well, what we get in the next episode is you see Soldier Boy's power increasing like crazy. You know, the first blast on Kimiko was or Kamiko, however you want to say it, was um very small compared to the next one that he did in the city when he put a hole through the building. Yes. I mean it was massive. And the the next one we'll talk about in a minute, but the next one was even bigger than that, or so it looked from the distance that you saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kamiko being in the hospital and then finally realizing that that blast seems to be like negating everything that the V compound does in superheroes. Mm -hmm. And so if it is the, if it is the balancing equation, then that's how, as you said, that it could be the, how he takes down Homelander, mm -hmm. but does it kill him or you know, like, is it temporary? Like, we haven't figured those things out yet. You know, is Kamiko only in a minute? Yeah, maybe we get a powerless captured Homelander at the end of the season, but not dead. And, you know, continues to write the story about what's going on with him. They made the Deep the head of the crime <laughs> analytics lab. And I love how everything the Deep's doing, he's just following whatever his girlfriend says to do. And he's yep. just, just a puppet on a string, you know, just following everything. Um, that, that I don't think he's going to last much longer. Like I said, nice. I think there's going to be a lot of the seven dead at the end of the season, or the original seven dead at the end of the season. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think, think Maeve's one of them. Saying the dawn, dawn of the seven moment. Yeah. When uh, when he was like, no, this is the dawn of the seven. You know, he mm -hmm. realized it was a good time for him to turn around and say it. And I'm like, oh, like, that's that means that the, 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 the dusk of the seven is going to be right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panda asks how many episodes are left. There's what ten in the season? We're on five, so there's five episodes. There's left. either nine or ten. Yeah, it's I it's almost it's either halfway or right sometimes. at halfway done. I know that, so we're 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 getting there. Oh, it could be wrong. It could be eight. Ooh, if it's it eight, looks, then we're over halfway. Well, according to IMDb right now, it says eight. So okay. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Maven Butcher, getting it on. Kind of saw oh, that yeah. one coming, but I mean, you know. Attractive male, attractive female, add alcohol, alone, stressed out, that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it's part of the equation. You knew that was going to happen. <laughs> like, as soon as they broke out the alcohol, I was like, okay, yeah, that's going to happen here. And then I love how, um, how what's his name, how Homelander can smell Butcher on her. 
<laughs> like, and that's how he knows that she's she's doing something. We don't know what happened to her, right? We know Black Noir, who has a very minimal role in this season, uh, came up behind her and captured her. We know she's away at a rehab facility, right? Because apparently oh, yeah. she's a recovering alcoholic. Um, so she's away at a rehab facility, and that's all we know. I think that was definitely an excuse for something. She's probably not at a rehab facility. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know this. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because uh, the the woman too um, a, is Ashley. Yes, the the new CEO. Yeah. yeah. So to see her arc throughout the seasons of the show is really good, and you know, especially like in the moment where like she pulled out her homelander dildo and it's like you know gonna bend over what's his face mm -hmm. i was like you know she is like vying for power because she has none she realizes that you know she's losing it and so when you saw was the first or the second episode where she's banging the director of the movie and like telling him to pull her hair out yeah and like you're like you are so psychologically damaged yes. it is ridiculous you'd have to be around all these people though yeah no for sure you know? yeah I think that she, I think she bites the dust by the end of this season too, but I think she is a huge factor, surprise, like swing in at the last second reason or something happens. She does why the good guys end up winning or don't die at the end. I think something she, uh, she's going to do because she had that moment. You can see it in her. She doesn't like where she's at. She's scared. She, she's, but she snapped back to her reality of where she's got to be and had her little homelander moment too with, with starlight there when starlight was asking her about Maeve. So and she did it at the, uh, the CEO meeting or the, uh, the head meeting, the board meeting. There you go. Boom. Yeah. I, don't, I can't think of the word board for some reason, the board meeting. And you know, she sat at the top of the table until homelander walked in mm -hmm. and then took her seat and was basically telling everyone else, you know, like to, once again, like shut up in color, like do your job, like speak the way you need to speak. And when that one woman stepped out of line and started bringing up to Homelander, something that just troubled him because like you said, something that he didn't think about. Mm -hmm. And not only did he not think about, he knew nothing about. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you knew I mean, he knew nothing about it because he turned around and said it later in the episode, like he yeah. was trying to be smart. Well, it's funny too, because she didn't even do anything wrong. All she was doing was her job and she wasn't mm -hmm. even rude about it. The problem was what came out of her mouth was not a compliment about what he was doing. And that's how narcissistic this guy is that because the words that came out of your mouth were not a compliment about what I've done, get the fuck out. Yeah. You know? And honestly, I would have, I would have just gotten out. I'm like the, the moment he says, get out. Don't even, don't even try to say anything. I thought he was going to kill her. Like every moment that I see in this movie, I'm just waiting for that. It's like Tom Brady retiring. I'm going to keep saying it's going to happen until it does. And eventually it does. It's going to, and I'm about to say, I told you it was going to happen. He's going to snap on somebody. He's going to F and snap. The, the scary. Th no, the. Think of the parallel though. Think about if you had. If you had captain America in his shoes, you know, you don't want the whole thing about like civil war was that, you know, captain America didn't think that, the government should tell them when it is a good time to step in because red tape and bureaucrat and blah, blah, blah. Like mm -hmm. if lives are in danger, then you need to step in and do what's right. Mm -hmm. But on the totally opposite end of the spectrum, you put someone like Homelander in that position where he's in charge. And this is the world that you get. 
Mm-hmm. This is people like you saying like he's going to break and at some point he's just going to kill everybody because we saw the vision last season of him being pissed off at that crowd and then like levitating the blasting the shoot out of everybody. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see that scene when it happens. Cause I know it's going to happen at some point in time. At some point in time it's going to be the world versus Homelander, mm-hmm. you know? So we're, we're, we're coming up on it. Let's That's talk I think about the, the stepping stone was the, the blue Hawk moment. It was, it's starting to show you the rage that's going on. Like when it's pinpointed and eventually mm-hmm. they're going to get to Homelander and it's going to be like a nuke going off. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the blue Hawk moment was showing heroes feel like they're untouchable. Like yeah. I do what I feel is right, no matter what you think. And there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it, which is totally like, wow, that would be fucking scary. And that's why I say that. that's like street level. And then you mm-hmm. get up to the big leagues level 99 and. See what um, what Homelander's capable of. I wanted to ask the uh, the um, A Train's friend who got hurt in the in, by Blue Hawk, and he didn't die, right? He's just in the hospital. They say he was paralyzed. Is that his brother? I'm not sure if it's his brother or not. I think it's just they were a real close in high school, and like he they trained together or something of the sort. But uh, he is yeah, it's like um, uh, spine damage by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. May yeah. never walk. Uh, Panda asks, what do you think A-Train's going to do to Blue Hawk? I think A-Train, to be honest with you, kills Blue Hawk, and I think that Homelander kills A-Train for it, to be truly honest, because it's all about ratings. And she says it is his brother. Okay, so wow, yeah, that, that makes it a little closer. I mean, it hard, I sucks so. for anybody, but you know. Um, but no, that's what I think. I think that A-Train's going to kill him. Um, I think A-Train's going to kill him, and then there's going to be some kind of moment where he's fighting Homelander, and he's actually going to die, because... They they put the seed in there that if he uses his speed again, he could his heart could explode. That's gonna happen. Yeah. That's how he's gonna die. Whether it be fighting Homelander or doing the right thing or something, I don't know yet. But that's how he's going to die. It'll um, probably be doing the right thing too little, too late. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he's a real punk for what he did in this episode, um, killing the other speed dude. But he didn't kill him, but he ratted on him to homelander yeah. and homelander killed him but which oh that was the other one that i called right there that got the supersonic was gonna die that oh, okay was, i knew i was like it'll come up at some point in time i know it will that was the other one i called it he was gonna die i was like that guy's gone um which the beneficial part about it being gone is i don't hear that stupid baby you're 16 song ever oh my again. god yes <laughs> every time i heard it i was like oh my god it was it so late like, 90s yes backstreet boys that's what it felt like i was like oh my goodness um, okay, so we got to talk about the Seth Rogen cameo <laughs> here, which is absolutely hilarious. It was so good and so on brand. Yeah, it really was. I guess that, uh, Scar- what's her name? Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet. Uh, no, Crimson. Crimson Count. Count Crimson? Count- I don't know, something of the sort. Something like I can't that, remember yeah. anything tonight, I'm sorry. Soldier Boy's to... girlfriend. There you go. Um, apparently, I guess she's making a living now doing... Fans only or some kind of web video chat. Monkey shit. I don't know, People pay for you to, yeah, whatever. So, have you make your living, right? (laughs) I feel like if I had superpowers, I could figure out something different. But She had multiple superpowers because those things were big. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So, we do find out in this scene, though, that apparently... Everybody in what was the name of the uh, the the group that um, Soldier Boy was in? Oh, the Gunpowder and everyone were a part of. Yeah, yeah but that that, that group they all wanted him gone. Like yeah. this apparently was a plan to get him gone. And 
I did like they showed the the scenes where they're what they're doing to him. Like, did you see they had the moment where they had that M16 or where that weapon down his mouth and they were just yes. fully unloading? I was like, man, that's yes. that's crazy. Even if you had superpowers and that didn't kill you, that's like a dentist drilling in the back of your mouth all day. Just and that's her, not know. even like the like the worst of it. Like the fact that you know he is an atomic bomb now. They put all of that. Like, they they literally exposed him to like levels of radiation that like you can't like that would kill billions of people not just millions mm-hmm. yeah panda says that was the funniest bit ever seth rogan fapping to her in the in, uh heated beads yeah they do such a good job with this one um and character like picking seth rogan for that role like you said it was perfectly it was on point like he plays that per- position perfectly or that role perfectly yep. um it's just so funny i mean like they they bring in the kinkiest shit in this show sometimes, and it's so good. Like, it works. It yeah. works because everything in this show works because they teach you that nothing is off the table. The only thing that seems like it's off the table right now is kids. It seems like everybody kind of has a has a thing about not wanting to, to, to off kids. And, and cool, I can respect that. Let's, yeah. let's, not, let's not step into that realm. Um, but that is where we're left with there at the end where Frenchie has got to... So... Kimiko actually talks at the end of this episode. She speaks and we get to hear her actually talk. And it's that moment where we're like, okay, cool. It's right before you know something bad's about to happen. You know, because he was supposed to go do this job for the Russian chick. And he didn't. Yeah. Right? And that's the whole thing. That's why they came for him. So as soon as he talks and she speaks for the first time and they're having their moment, which it kind of surprised me like they kissed in this scene and it was like the first time that I guess the two of them have like admitted that they love each other. But I thought that was their whole thing to begin with is that they, they were in love. Like, um, it, I don't know if like the whole French thing has something to do with it, but I mean the fact that, you know, like he, he can be on a specific like romantic level with people without actually being like romantic with them. And then, you know, I mean, it's a it's a great quality to have because, I mean, you can be very personable, like completely 110 percent personable with someone without mm-hmm. being in a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what they were pushing towards because he she wasn't the only one that he's had in his life like that. He was looking after her and like taking care of her seemed to be more of the parental style, almost like a big brother type yeah. thing. Yeah. And then it turned into, well, I mean, it's turned into at this point, like the moment that she said she wanted to go to, um, uh, Marseille, Marseille, Marseilles, however you want to say it. Uh, it kind of turned. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to get away with you. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's you and me like blow this popcorn stand and go do something. Yeah. And while I love the characters in the show, if at the end of the season we can get it where they get to go do that, that'd be awesome. I just have a feeling that that the boys doesn't give us happy endings like that. Like I got a feeling that one of them is going to be off at the end of the season, and it's going to be the reason why they stay in this business. Well, I think uh, Kamiko is going to be the tracking aspect of knowing how powerful Soldier Boy truly is. So when we see him at Crimson's place. When he blows that place up from afar, when Huey and um, Starlight are having their heated discussion, that bomb look, or that that explosion looks massive, huge, yeah, huge. And then 
you know, MM MM still survives. And then you got Butcher who had taken the V2. So, like, he was okay at the moment. But, I mean, like, Soldier Boy's powers are climbing. Mm -hmm. The fact that Butcher used the Geiger counter to see if it was Soldier Boy that blew up the building in the city means that these things are, like, atomic bomb explosions. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they pull people's powers like they did Kamiko's, then how long does that actually is is that a lifetime thing, right? Or is that just like a, you know, or is your phaser set to stun? You know, I mean, like, like mm-hmm. are you just is it just temporary? Well, that's kind of that's why I had that theory at the end of the season where they can defeat Homelander without killing him, where maybe he's powerless and captured, and then you get like that uh, that Magneto moment at the end where you, you know he moves the chess piece somehow yeah so yeah. something like that where it's like okay well he's not completely powerless um okay the last two notes i have about this is i just think that mm's got ptsd and i get that but the part about the take in the v dude you need to relax I like I, I get i get your moral standpoint but you need to relax one because you just got your ass saved the only reason you're alive is because of that and two while I understand your point of view, they are not wrong. You will not win this fight without it. You will not. There is, the there is just no chance of winning this. Yeah. So if you want to, sometimes you have to sacrifice. And it sucks, man, because sacrificing your morals means you lose integrity. It really, but. But it makes for great TV. It makes, exactly. It makes for great TV. And Starlight needs to chill out. Like, for real. Like, let Huey do something, man. Like you, you have no idea what it's like for this guy to always have to be like he says in this episode, always have to be the guy who's the liability that can't do anything. that can't help. Now we can like, and he's risking yeah. his life anyway, without the powers. So why would you not want to, at least if he's going to be there anyway, cause he's always there. Give him the advantage of being able to fight back or have the powers. He's a hundred percent right. She's a hundred percent wrong. I can understand a, an initial reaction like that, but she needs to chill out. Like, let, let, let the guy help, you know? Don't take this the wrong way, but that is a very glass half empty point of view. Hmm. And you're not like, you're not wrong because I mean, the whole point of it is, is that both, both point of views need to be taken in, into it, you know, because like you said, sacrificing your morals sucks. Hmm. Um, if you, sacrifice them then like what what are you fighting for what do you stand for and so on and so forth like all of that stuff truly does mean something so the argument can be made 100 percent for both sides mm-hmm. i do think that they can't make it out of this season without the v and that's why it's there and that's why they're utilizing it and that's why it's going to be a, an issue between them mm-hmm. but you have to also remember like this stuff was tested in a lab, but who knows like what it tested to what extremes, you know, you know, we got a whole country that, that refuses to, to truly adapt taking a shot in the arm because like shit hasn't been tested truly enough. I get it. Mm-hmm. I completely get it. Mm-hmm. No one knows long-term effects on that kind of stuff. But when you're fighting super, superheroes and super villains or whoever it is, you're going to go down at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. That That's the side of the argument I can totally get from, from that point of view. You're mm-hmm. going to go down. Why not go down fighting the absolute hardest that you possibly can? 
it's 100%. an uphill battle. So make sure that, you know, you come equipped for that, that fight. Mm-hmm. So, and, yes, and I get what you're saying. You're, you're right. Like it, it's experimental. You don't know what's going to happen with it, but at the same time, they've also had V in this universe for what? 60, 70 years now. So it's, yeah. it's not as experimental, but it's also the difference of like, temporary it being temporary temporary and you're taking this to literally save the world from destruction not to make you feel better if you get a virus but i mean that that's the only difference i would see in those two but i do see the comparison there but you're right i i look at a lot of things with a glass half full that's my that's my mind that's kind of my motto in life is the half full type deal because well, I, I kind of had that. The, what's the uh, the MJ quote in the movie? Like, if you never set your get your hopes up for anything, then you're never disappointed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's kind that's kind of my mindset in life. Like, I don't try to set my hopes up too high for a lot of things because I don't like a lot of disappointment. You know, mm-hmm. which is why my newer uh, aspect of going into shows a little more blind and movies and stuff like that without aspects is working out. You can't do that with all things in life. You know, you've got to have a, a good positive outlook at a lot of things in life. But I tend to look at things a lot of times glass half full. So, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can totally get me doing that. Um, but I, I don't know. Just for me, I get Starlight's point of view. I really do. I just feel like in this moment, like, we have things we have to handle. Let us handle it. Completely you sure. Know, you know? So be I'm with not me. saying that any come, of them are with right me, you know? or wrong because yeah. I mean that's the whole point. That's mm-hmm. what makes it turmoil. And that's what makes it interesting. TV is that the whole fact that you have to have that moral dilemma with yourself. Yeah. At what point do you cross? When when do you round the horn on that one? So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. hey Sarah, God Sarah, that is the absolute most perfect timing because that was the last note I had on the boys, and I was like, oh no, what are we going to talk about till Sarah gets here? And yay, Sarah shows up. What's up? You're in light. <laughs> I'm so thankful to have air conditioning. I was going to say, how does it feel to have AC? <laughs> it came on probably about, I'd say, about 10 minutes to nine. So Nice. Well, they, have, they were telling us it's going to be like... Uh-oh. The lights work, but does the internet? <laughs> that's the question. Well, I mean, that's about yeah. actually... Yep. Uh-oh. Yeah, there see, you that's go. what I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah. It's a lot of cruise <laughs> around town, so yeah. I'll tell you what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you I'm glad you were able to make it. It's awesome you have power back. Did you uh, know, food in the fridge okay and everything? I kind of pushed you guys for tonight anyways because yesterday <laughs> I was, look, I had a rough time getting out of Birmingham. I didn't mm-hmm. think I thought I had to stay in Charlotte. I'm like, can I just go home <laughs> and come home to no power? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the perfect end of the story, you know? So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you're here. We have two more shows to talk about Star Wars and Star Trek. Your choice. Where should we go? Let's go ahead and get Star Trek out of the way so you can like have your little Kenobi fandom because I like that. Yeah. yeah. Finish strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, plus, you just didn't uh, finish watching uh, Stranger Worlds, correct? I did. I did. Okay. I actually just watched it a couple hour ago, hours ago myself, which is why I sent you all that recent message of, yeah, this character's not working out for me. And we'll talk about that as we go on. Um, but get us going. Star Trek this week, we're on episode, what, seven? So, yeah. Yes, it was it was interesting. It was um, I laughed a lot at this one. There was a little there was a little more humor in this. I think it was just kind of the um, I don't know. Now we know of Pike as the Boy Scouts, <laughs> <laughs> which I like, and the little pompadour took a hit. So I was like, mm, you can't be messing with that. But um, no, this this was an interesting one. It was um, it's one of those episodes where it was um. It really played played on Spock, big time. 
um, especially um, the one scene in the beginning the conversation between at that time counselor you know talking about you know well you've got you could be you know trying to put in your box you either be this or this but you're not so exactly what are you i'm like that sounds very um reminiscent of today's world so i was like what are you not binary is that what you're gonna tell me i mean but you know so i mean you it was but there's, spock as they. <laughs> yeah but i mean that's always been the thing about spock it's always been the um was it the battle between the Vulcan and the human side? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I thought it was interesting. You know, you're still playing into the, you know, that theme that is, you know, throughout. It's completely Spock because, but I thought it was interesting. It's, it's a different, it was a different play on that. It wasn't as in your face, but as we've kind of learned with Strange New Worlds, they kind of take, um, you can take a lot of, their storylines and what they're talking about and kind of apply it to present day. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yes. Because uh, everybody has their opinions on that. But still, yeah. I just thought it was interesting because now if you're taking something that is that far into the future and, you know, at least that way, you know, with, with some people when they watch this, they can relate. You know, like, hey, I get that. I understand that. So that's another way of, you know, kind of pulling somebody into you know this world mm-hmm. but um but yeah the um character that chick looks sinister from day from like the first scene i was like yeah. Dude, i don't know about like this thing. She had, yeah she yeah, had yeah. kind of like um hella vibes going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but she has like this jack skeleton body yeah you know? she's like but but that's what i'm saying but she has like i said she got I got like like I said, hella vibes because it was like, you know, she was just this. It was that black suit did it right off the bat. I mean, so when she was working out, like listening to the music, I'm like, Some I can relate party. to that. And I don't, that does that's not counselor music because I'm not a counselor by any damn means. <laughs> um, but I can understand like working out as some like you know crazy like uh, it was like trap hop. I don't know. It was some, yeah, and then <laughs> to turn around and come out. Like decked out in like the the mesh mesh <laughs> yeah, body mesh suit. Yeah, mesh was a big thing for her. <laughs> yeah. But another thing that was really interesting, especially when um, number one, like I said, that's a reoccurring theme throughout all Star Trek. You gotta have the captain. You gotta have number one. You know, you gotta have all of these like top level, you know, um, command crew officers. That's who's gonna be your away team. I mm. mean, seriously, seriously. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> anyway, so when they get to the ship, and of course you see this green guy, I'm like, that's an Orion. I'm like, okay, you talking about the, one of the pirates? Yeah, the one that had the beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's an Orion. I'm like, okay, you really are like going you know deep into this but but he looks so tng like all like the <coughs> the heavier set figures from like that tng time frame when they were on the show you know you it's funny because you know you don't pay attention to like how body styles affect uh the definition of time when the show is shot yes you know in this show like everyone's like skinny and you know like <laughs> We live in like a more health conscious world now, but like in TNG, like there was 
tons of like overweight people. When you get this pirate, I was like, that that screams next generation to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so I messaged y'all earlier. This character to Pring is not working for me. Spock's fiance. She kind of goes back and forth with me because I didn't really like her when you first met her because I'm like, mm. but she's Vulcan. That's the issue with me, I think. I think that I don't like her because I'm not Vulcan. To be truly honest with you, that, that's that's what I think. I don't know uh, why, but when I see you have Spock, to be hundred percent logic. It's yeah. all logic. And that, that's no why I don't. She like would never date you because you don't have pointy ears. I right. see where this is well, going. I wear I wear earphones. Everybody who looks online doesn't know what my ears look like, but you know. Um, but no, I uh, I don't know. And this character is just it's it's she's a weird character. Like I said, I think that the problem I have is totally on me. It's because I don't like the character because she does a good job of no emotion. And I want to see emotion in a character. And that, like I said, it's all on me. Um, the actress does a great job. It's just the character doesn't work for me. Uh, and the relationship doesn't work for me. Like, it well, really doesn't. Like, I, I don't like them doing this kind of almost forced relationship between her and Spock. Neither one of them feel, seems like they're really into it. You know? And, and it, it, they're, they're betrothed, right? So I guess it doesn't really matter. But you, I think in most cultures, you get a choice once, once you're betrothed, right? Don't you? Like... You, well, you, I mean, you, it gave them a it gave them the choice because I mean they broke it off, right? Um, well, that's another thing I wanted to ask. Did they break it off? Sure, it sure seemed like that was pretty like official with their hand signals. Like I don't know how you marshal that plane in and land with those kind of hand signals, but yeah. I'm, what was funny with with uh, to, to your point, she's already going out of her comfort zone, dating a half human, half Vulcan, right? Or mm -hmm. being betrothed to. Because we established but, that in episode four last. You know, well, in this they one too, she's trying to explore human sexuality in this episode. Because she's trying to understand his human side. She has right. finally understood he does have an, and for Vulcan to, Vulcans are very, they don't take to any other type species i don't want to say species or race or whatnot yeah, intermingling no, within theirs they're they're very it's pure almost racist <laughs> really if you think about it they're, yeah they're i mean it racist. is because yeah. it's you know they're like 100 percent logic i mean that's that's anything any race or species or whatnot that is controlled by emotion they don't understand it because they have gone out of their way to take emotion out of it right? yeah it, that's i would say it's culturalist for that point of view right there yes um, because yeah. no one else looks to that point of view because they're so hard up on it. You know, even, um, descendants that are close to Vulcans, like Romulans, like they don't hold the same type of values. Right. They don't hold that same type of thing. But even they mentioned the fact that Spock is pre colon R in this, in this time right now. Mm. So he still has the emotions. Yeah. He, he's still at that point. And, they mentioned that for that reason. Um, if you choose to purge all of that, then that's when you become part of that cult, like completely 100% devout to the Vulcan way. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's crazy because what you have with to dating him is that the way that she sees things is not the same as the way that she's trying to live her life with dating Spock and him being, you know, half human and half Vulcan. 
it's very weird because it's like she's going way out of her comfort zone for it, but you don't mm-hmm. see that on her face because she's Vulcan. Right. Same thing that, you know, like we saw on the, the Kelvin timeline with Spock's dad. You don't... He, he date, dated, married, had a child with, a human, and to him, the things that he said in that very first um, Star Trek movie were what made it acceptable. Kind of like, sometimes you just have to let logic run its course like you have to like sit back and like let the like you know let jesus take the wheel and see what happens yeah it's almost like spock's dad is kind of like to praying in this mm-hmm. kind of situation yeah it's a good comparison yeah the the way they do emotion in this show is great like even with i loved in this episode with spock in the one scene where he has to make a choice where it's just a 50 50 chance man you pick the wrong one you get it wrong you saw how physically uncomfortable it makes him to make a choice that is not a logical choice like it, it was physically hurting him it's like having restless leg syndrome there's nothing you can do about it you just got to deal with it you know and he's like oh i love that that was pretty cool <clears throat> um i did notice that whenever they were uh, this is whenever uh she's uh counselor aspen before she's captain angel or whatever um she's talking about how you do not want to be captured by these people and i'm thinking to myself i'm like why because they're gonna make you make them dinner like, <laughs> like what about these pirates has been so bad um besides the fact that they, they did they did get on your ship but up to that point they hadn't it's like well what about them is so bad they've captured your captain and everything and they're not even being rude to them they're making them make dinner like what's so bad about it um but it just shows the gullibility of starfleet like 100 percent gullible and and they seem to fall victim to everybody that they that they um encounter which is really really weird for starfleet there were two choke points whenever they got invaded and ross when i saw this i thought about i, I was like i gotta bring something to ross in the command center in there on the on the on the what's the bridge there's two entrances you have about 12 people in there all armed with cover two choke points two choke points how do you how do you let anybody through those two doors like seriously, how do you let anybody with, with with five guns on each door, and a, and a three foot opening? How do you let? How does anybody get through those two doors? And they came up with a turbo lift with no access. They don't have ship access. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the best part is is when they scream battle stations, everyone ducked in cover like they're in school, <laughs> and <laughs> the Russians yeah, are gonna bomb them. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you're gonna hide behind your chair. Yeah. What and are, not even stop them. What are we doing? Yeah. It's no, so funny, I, man. I, tactically, there could be a whole lot more things that happen here. But I will say that the, uh, the captain and the crew, which I don't understand why Umbanga and, like, number one, like, all, like you said, you know, why do you send down that as your party? Right. <laughs> At some point, you know, it's either captain or number one. First and foremost, if someone's mm. going to go down and lead or like your, your, your chief security <laughs> right. or your, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you send one of the heads and then from there you send red shirts. <laughs> it makes but the scene story. on the, the scene on that planet is so good. I love every bit of them being well, on the ship. My bad, not the planet. The, the scene of them being on that ship is 
it's gold to me. I don't know why. It was Every very Guardians of, of the Galaxy-ish, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't it, didn't it feel a little Dude, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, that just made me love Pike even more because I'm Pike like, was never, so never good. one, they go yeah. into it and he tells um, Hillsman, like, okay. She's like, how do you want to go in? Like, first or second day? He's like, no, like a blonde day. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That was good too. <laughs> I put that on there too. Mm-hmm. And I did like they, they pulled the Alpha Brag of Four, <laughs> which is the mutiny. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I do love how they have clever things that, that like, solutions to things they do in, in these shows it's really really fun um but it was the cool. best part about that one was that they ended it even better <laughs> the ending of like them getting shot at and like hey we heard we need to really get out of here like yeah we pushed this a little too fast it's like yeah because when you first see it, it was like oh yeah the cavalry came in it's like um can can y'all yep. speak this up a little bit yep. because oh, it's about to get really dicey right now all right so at the end of this episode, we do get introduced to a new big bad who I guess is probably going to be introduced maybe further down in seasons, or he may be just something at the end of this. And we're, it looks like we're looking at Spock's brother, yeah. uh, Cybok, is yeah. the, the guy's name. Um, interesting. I knew nothing about this character, so this is all new for me. Is this a new character or a character we have history of from the past? I think that was introduced or mentioned of in Star Trek Four. I don't know. I had to go back and look and find out exactly because I seems like I remember hearing a half brother, but it was not really something because since it was like the original story or like the original series, a lot of stuff of the original series, especially the original series movies didn't really stick with me. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and look and I'm like, okay, but I had heard the name before. Okay. So he's Spock's half brother, full Vulcan, but has, refuse the Vulcan way of life. Right. It's what they call the uh, Vitash Kator. Okay. Yeah. It's like basically where they're, it's just another way. It's this, it's like totally a, somewhat, you know, like against saying, Hey, look, I know what you guys are doing, but I'm not good with that. It's just like, um, it's just like the, um, the Vulcan that praying was after in the episode where she and Spock switched. Mm. That guy that they were looking for, that's basically his thought pro- or what he was doing. He's going Almost like a free thinker of Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, it's you know, where you're not really embracing the 100% of like, you know, the, the full logic. You know, it's because Vulcans, they do experience emotion. Mm. It's just the fact of the matter. They go through all the meditation to suppress it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like um, Sarek, his um, father like in the um, later episodes of Next Generation, he was going through, I forgot what it was called, but he was basically, that suppression was breaking down. So he would have like emotional outbursts. And oh, that's um, right. yeah, it's, it's kind of like, almost like the, kind of the opposite. It's, it's almost like a Vulcan Alzheimer's, if that makes any sense. Yeah, okay. go through dimension, like you're losing it. Yeah, so, losing it. yeah. so yeah. it's like you're losing that, that hold on that suppression that you have learned your entire life, you know, to work on, because that's basically, that's why they go meditate. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep it down. And that's why it's so difficult for Spock because he's not, he's not, you know, fully Vulcan. So you still have these human, you just have that human side that just wants to come out and imagine, you know, even though the Vulcans, because the Vulcans, you know, if they didn't do the medication, they do have very, very strong emotions. All right. 
so it's and that's something that it's really that's really hard to that's a really hard bridge to gap between you know like you straight human emotion hope human emotion and that's why he and spot are Spock and Kirk were so interesting because, you know, Kirk was like 100% emotion. Right. 100%. What's well, good, good reason why they work well together. You know, they have, yes. they have both have a full grasp on both ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. So, okay. I have two last questions about this show and then we can talk about whatever else you want to with it. Um, one is, do you think T'Prang knows that this character she was about to release is Spock's brother? Do you think she has knowledge of that? I'm not sure. I don't know if she knows either. Yeah, I don't think so. I think if she mm-hmm. did, I think it, I mean, I, I don't know if she would have, if it would have changed her opinion at all, to be honest with you, because like it doesn't change who he is, doesn't change how dangerous he is. He was obviously yeah, I don't a dangerous think anyone person. knows the, the gravity of the situation. Yeah. And uh, two, we, we did see them in their relationship after the little kiss with uh, the doctor, which were the nurse, which by the way, she's been one for a while. Um, she, she enjoyed that. But then they get back together, and she's like, "Well, I knew you were doing that for this reason." So are they back together? Like, was that like, okay, I played along with it, and I saw what was happening, so I just went ahead. Which I thought was really, really funny. That it was like, well, "We're broken up now." So uh, guess what? Your little trick's not going to work. What's well, like? What? So you're broken up all of a sudden? So now she just doesn't give a shit about him anymore? I'm like, well, that's where like, the logic. Comes, I was that, like, okay. That's where the logic comes into play because I she, guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She was, she, he was her responsibility because they were engaged, right? Yes. When they became unengaged, were not engaged anymore. She, he's no longer her responsibility. So logic right. dictates that she should just leave. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I got to start thinking like that when I'm watching. You got to think, like, think logically. Much like that. Logically. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't like thinking logically. It, it's painful. Yeah. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, thinking emotionally is, is too though. You know. Hmm. I don't know, but Nurse really Chapel, she um when. Spot went to talk to her. He can't read the room because Ooh. it was written all over her face. <laughs> Dude, the, the level at which she portrays Nurse Chapel is phenomenal. I mean, like the little bit that Nurse Chapel had in mm-hmm. the original series. I, I mean, like it, it provided a starting point for this character and this girl is running with it mm-hmm. to a point that is wonderful. I mean like the, everything that she's had in this season, I've loved, mm-hmm. I've loved every bit of her on screen. She reminds me of a person that like, I always want to have around like fun whenever I'm doing anything just, to go yeah. hang out or, or do anything fun. Like, yeah, bring her along. Cause she's always going to make it more fun, you know, but it's non-committal. Thing. Like it's, yeah, uh, she, she reminds me of Sarah Taylor. There you go. <laughs> You what? The only other thing that I was thinking of that I thought was pretty good. Um, all the little quips in the show were really good in this episode are really good, but they mentioned, um, was it, she was having the conversation or Spock was having the conversation about how, Oh, what was it? Oh, he was blaming his troubles on being Vulcan and human. Mm-hmm. And someone said, or it was, I think it was Nurse Chapel. It's like, you're just saying that because like you're blaming genetics. Like you might as well just be blaming geography. That was, uh, that was, that was Dr. Ashley. That was the conversation he had with 
the counselor. Yeah, the counselor. Yeah, the counselor. Because okay. she, she was, because he was like, well, she was like, but I was raised on Vulcan. She was like, well, that's just geography. Yeah, yeah. Same but I thought that the breakdown was really yeah. like, hey, like, shut up and like, take a step back, like, pay attention to what you're saying because mm-hmm. what you're saying right now makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And I, that's that's something like for me, like I always need to remember too. You know, like with certain conversations I have, I'm like, whoa, like I'm way too in a conversation, and it should just be like on the surface. And I think right. that that was really good. That's like a nice little reminder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Take a step back and look at what the you know, read the room, see what's going on. And you know, talking about reading the room, if Pike can't read the room, I'm, I don't know anybody else who can. They separate him from Kirk in such a tasteful way. Uh-huh. So good. Because it's like you, you look at him sometimes because you're like, okay, is you know Pike's a, a main character. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he feels like a secondary because mm-hmm. he kind of sits back. And he's it, and like I said, he's reading what's going on. Then that's when he steps into the forefront. And I think... I absolutely love it. Well, even at the end, whenever he's sitting in the captain's chair and he's like, I was like, all right, cool. I see that. And number one, she's like, can you please stop? She's like, yeah, don't. No, that was, no. that could have been the last time where they made a date comment and like, we're never going to make it to a first date. If you keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you compared uh, this part of space to the wild, wild west. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I was like, oh, cool. That's a, old for that that's an old reference that'd be like me comparing something to the roman times because at this point in time the federation is not as wide right yeah widespread mm-hmm. as you know from you know tng or, Voyager or DS9 there, right because it's just getting started so mm-hmm. and the thing about it too is like Every time they talk about Klingons, I'm like, are we going to see Klingons? I want to see Klingons in this show. I want to see the Klingons in this. I know. Because that's the thing about it. Because it's like, you've got, you know, the Vulcans that they first started, like, kind of like the Federation with. And then, of course, there's, you know, the other ones they've added. But it was always the Romulans and the Klingons have always been, like, the big enemies, the big baddies. They're the ones that you don't want to mess with. Yep. And it's always been that thing. So I think that this show is going to have legs that they're going to have to push it off to another season. Yeah. I think and they're I going think that to. That's perfect because I mean, that's what Star Wars fan, Star Trek fans want. Same thing that like Star Wars fans want is that you, you still are landed in your universe, but you get it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so in the Star Trek show, even though it's new old, you still want to see, how you, how, you know, how you get from TOS to TNG, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's see how those things happen. Like, let's see the stuff in between. Even though we haven't even made it to Kirk yet, we still want to see all the legwork. Well, see, that, yeah. and that's the thing about it, too, because a lot of times, you know, like with Star Wars, you, know, you do have a lot of the book canon. Mm-hmm. With Star Trek, that's a little more a gray area. Because you can, you still have, like I say, you can still connect the dots between Pike and Kirk. Because really, you don't know anything prior other than the little tidbits that the original series gave you, as far as any anything prior to Kirk. Mm, yep. Well, where, where Star Trek and Star Wars differ so much is like Star Trek or Star Wars takes like this universe, okay, and it chronologically puts things in this order. I'm not saying Star Trek doesn't, but like it focuses on points in history, like 
40, 50, 60 year spans in history and tells a story across multiple, tells one big story across multiple stories in that span of history. Star Trek puts you in this point in history, but it tells you a bunch of stories that don't like all lead together into the like one culminating story. Like it's, this is what happened during this time. This is this time yeah. period in Star Wars. It's like, like basically like if Star Trek, you could miss like part of like these stories and still continue on and have enough to go on with star wars like you kind of need to know what happened in this era to find out what's going on in this era i think star trek's a little easier for somebody just to write off the ground pick up and run with star trek's kind of like if you look at this way it's like okay this is what happened within like a couple of days to a week Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) star wars is like the timeline time period is a little longer right i'll tell you i mean i'll give you a hot take though i'd rather live in star trek than star wars (laughs) How about something... the thing about when you look at the, um, you know, engineering and you see, I'm like, that's not what the originals. I mean, I get, you know, get it. The original series in the sixties, but still you're like that kind of technology. I want to see that. Yeah. I want to be able to like in a little tight situation be like, I'm just going to be my little stuff to a ship and just go off by a little business. That is one really cool thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know which one I'd want to be in to be truly honest with you, because I'm not going to lie, man. The force and lightsabers is a strong, strong argument that can beat just about anything. You can say that, but when you are point point zero 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 one percent possible of becoming a Jedi, agreed. Do you want the greater good? Agreed. Yeah, and and that's that's the argument point. So why it would be so difficult? Because there are a lot of really cool things about Star Trek. You know, yeah, a lot of really cool things about Star Wars. That's why we can have both. That's, exactly That's why I tell you, if you ever sit down and watch The Expanse, it would tell you what our possible future is more like in reality. <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing the show until you watch it. you got to watch it. Uh, I need to get Ashley on. If I get Ashley on that show, we'll end up watching. Look, I'll tell you what. Just give me a TIE fighter, a lightsaber. And beaming technology. And, and you can throw me in the Star Trek universe with a, with a, with a TIE fighter and a lightsaber and... and I think Tie Fighter is okay. what you're gonna go with. Dude, it's Tie the best fighter? star. It's the best Star Wars ship out there. Are you kidding me? It's just an old school original Tie Fighter. Hell yeah! Hard to hit, fast, looks badass. Hard to make, hit? Makes that noise when it passes by. You know, like I feel like yeah. we just reached a divide. Did we just reach a divide? <laughs> hey man, Tie Fighter is my overall favorite ship. I think it's an old school Tie Fighter. You know, oh. yeah. it'd be hard to hit if I was flying it. You, you know what? Like you want fan interaction? <laughs> you go post this stuff on. on <laughs> hey, the I said that on the Star Wars. I put it out there. Old oh. school Tie Fighter, best ship out there. You know, I like that stuff. X wings up there too. You know, it's just it's a original old school. Although I like Poe's X wing. Every time I go to buy an X wing model, I always see Poe's, and I'm like, it looks so much cooler. I would I would take Voyager any day. Any hmm. day. Oh. I mean, mm. you're talking about a ship with massive amount of people on it. That's, I mean, close range fighters versus starships. I, mean, I see. So, so what's your cool. starfighter you get from Star Star Wars, then, Ross? I gotta know since, since my Tie Fighter was. It's got to be a starfighter, though, not like a cruiser or a big ship. It's got to be a small one. Yeah, like one a, or two like people, a, like a one man. Yeah, one or two. I people. mean, there, there, it's it's a hard difference between. <laughs> I I like the Jedi. Jedi Starfighters, and I also like. I mean, there was something when Episode One came out, and those <laughs> the Boo Fighters were, were mm-hmm. sleek as shit. The all silver ones, mm-hmm. or, or no, the yellow like and the silver y- ones. Yeah. yeah, 
That's right. She, uh, what's her name? I had the all silver ship. Um, yeah, I remember building models of those too. We had those when we were younger. Those are cool ships, but like I said, man, just a Tie Fighter does it for me. You know, it's got to be because I watched it when I was younger. But it, it's it's a cool looking ship too. You know? I gotta have a hold it. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I hear I mean, you for big ships. I would say so. Yeah, you could go live any fantasy. You could live out any Westworld fantasy that you want to, since that season is about to drop sometime next weekish or something. That's one thing that I don't see much on Star Trek is individual star fighters. It's always big cruiser ships or shuttles. Yeah, shuttles, star fighters. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Now the Defiant, the one that you saw on DS Nine, that that was a nice little. Um, Oh, I haven't thought about that in a minute. Because mm-hmm. normally you'd have like little yeah. shuttlecraft, but really and honestly, you had—I mean, you had smaller class ships. But for the most part, a lot of these, you know, is they were more like you know the battleships. It's like you know you came in. It's like we're going to end this. We're going to start and finish this right here. We're not playing. Right. We're not playing. Right. So a lot of times it's like you know because you had you know the phasers the photon torpedoes and all this kind of stuff. So really smaller ships or smaller little fighters really didn't stand a chance. I mean, this show actually does a really good job of that. Mm -hmm. Like it shows how like all these little ships, uh, I mean, how many in space battles have we had in this show so far? None of them have been big center focuses. I mean, Uh mm -hmm. They've been big for the episode, but they're not like it's all like little focuses. skirmishes. It's like, oh, exactly. it's like little ant. It was like little, you know, like bugs yeah. hitting the windshield. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think about the 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 last Calvin Timeline Star Trek movie and how the just just the complete destruction of the Enterprise on that one. It's like, wow, yeah, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I had to watch it again. Oh, I, think I have to I watch it again before the next one comes out. Torn to f and shreds. So. Well, there's there's a, there's been plenty of enterprises that have been um, destroyed. I was I was just gonna say the enterprise shouldn't be called the enterprise. It should be called the replica. Yeah. We just keep making more of them. That's why you have like the different, you know, like D mm-hmm. and. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You have different you know different. Words. But let's be honest, they'd be halfway through the alphabet by now. Easily, <laughs> double letters. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's like a huge fleet of other ones. So I mean, it's. You know, it's not just Enterprise. It's just Enterprise has always been like the, well, especially in this one, it's like the flagship. But, I mean, mm. think about, I mean, what was it? Picard came off the Stargazer. You know, you yep. got, um, oh, my gosh. I'm, oh, and I'm almost through, I don't know what the book is. I'm almost through the um, Coda series. The oh, series nice. So, I'm like, I'm almost, th- dude, that's some crazy shit right there. Don't. You're going to need to run down. Hope you're taking Greg, notes. Greg, don't top. T- no, you don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It is no? time travel. Mm-mm, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. No. Oh, like <laughs> no. I mean, it just... it's got an interesting take on it, but it's. I'm really interested to see how book three ends because I have a feeling I'm going to get a little emotional over it. Good book then. So Probably that much good book. Well. Yeah. Like like I told you guys before, it's it's, it's three books. Um, it's written by three different authors. The third the third book is um, authored by David Mack, which I really he's the one that um, did the oh God I can't remember the series, but there's like a book another um, trilogy that I absolutely adore. I've probably read it three times, hmm. and um, 
so it's it's really interesting to see because he's like one of my favorite ones. I mean, he's he's got a grasp on what's going on. But um, put it this way, you have Wesley as um, the traveler in this one, and he's pretty much one of the main characters that kind of flows okay. through it. So that's why I was really excited to see him in, you know, the second season of Picard. Yeah. Even yeah. for like a split second, but I was like. Nice little tie-in. Huh? I like that. <laughs> and there's a lot of other, um, there's been a lot of other tie-ins that I've seen or I've read in this, in this series that kind of, it's pulled in like Discovery and Picard. There's, there's been like discovery is, is pulled in, is mentioned certain things from that. So I'm like, okay, we've, we've got a little world we're here talking about. Okay, this is great. It's about time. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's because a lot of the, a lot of the books and stuff I've read has always been, um, it's always after Nemesis because Nemesis is pretty much just like, okay, this, this, this is the end right here because that was the last Star Trek movie, you know, in, in the prime timeline. So, um, and everything just kind of gravitates off of that because like Riker is like, is the captain of the Titan and the Titan you don't really know that much about, but you know, you, I've read that canon. So I've got to know all the, you know, all the officers and whatnot on that one. So that's, that's really cool. But um, I would love for them to do some kind of series like based off of that. That would be freaking cool. There you go. Right. You won. But, that's why you do it. Write you one. Make it happen. Do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, did y'all have anything else Star Trek y'all want to talk? Nope. Say before we hop into uh, the different star universe here and we'll talk about our penultimate. still in progress. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do it then. Let's hop into Obi-Wan. Let's, um, let's get into this penultimate. We've got one episode left. We finally got our Hayden Christensen cameo. And I'm glad because everybody was talking about, oh, is that all we're going to see? We're just going to see him in the pocket tank? Is that it? That was me. I was that guy. <laughs> that was me. Say, expectations. Same, it, same exactly. conversation we keep having. I didn't yep. care. If that's all I yeah. saw, I'm like, it, I it, it didn't. It didn't take me out of it. Yeah, I agree. I didn't care either, but I was wondering. I was like, they made a big deal about but Hayden Christian. What and... this is doing with me, and it's, it's crazy because I was talking to a friend of mine about this. It's, okay, when you first meet Vader... In a new hope, mm-hmm. of course, Star Wars. I'm like, to me, it was like this faceless character. You knew it was a badass, but I didn't know, I didn't have a face. Mm-hmm. So when finally you got to um, turn a Jedi and, you know, they finally took it off, and I'm like, okay, it's this old dude. And I'm like, okay, you see a face. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, whatever. You know, I figured that kind of whatever. So now you go back to the prequels and you meet Anakin. You follow through his story. Anakin, I'm like, oh, he's cool. For some reason, I've always liked Anakin versus Luke. I don't know what it is with what he had going on, his downfall. Maybe it's just the fact that he, you know, ended up being a Sith Lord. I don't know because. Yeah, that's probably it. You knew more about his endgame. Yeah. And I mean, and maybe that's what it was because now for me, it's like when I see Vader you know, the helmet, I'm like, I see Anakin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I I, I get that. So it, it kind of hits a little different. So now to go back to with Kenobi, and especially that third episode, you know, you know I'm, you, 
you finally see him, you see, you know, the Anakin that I guess the younger Anakin versus the, the older Anakin, because I think sometimes it might hit a little bit more so because I'm like, you vested so much in this character, even though it was Hayden Christensen. Like you have this face, you know, you kind of, you work with that. Even, I mean, even Clone Wars, I mean, it still looks like him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I get, I, I've got this picture in my face or a picture in my head. And to see that, and now I'm like connecting the two. So that's why a lot of times now it's even in this episode to, to see what you saw. And it's like, you're connecting those dots for me even more so. It's like I have more of a, a vest. I, I'm more vested into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So now when I see a new hope, I'm like, that's Anakin. That's that's Anakin. Right. I don't and know, and that's, that's the reason why they do this is to make you yes. more invested in that character. Exactly. Yeah. So it's working. Was, I mean, it's I'm I'm going right down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the Kool-Aid. I don't I don't care. Yeah, everything that you said is where I'm at. I mean, I'm. The Clone Wars gave us a story, mm-hmm. and it gave us like I mean, Clone Wars is really good. Like, like Greg, I told you before, if you ever get a chance to go back and watch it chronologically, it's even a better story because it's like it, it's chronological. Like you get oh, to I, see I it happen. The, as I watched all of Clone Wars, so but watching like but it all chronologically really. helps you understand like how they get from two to three yeah right mm-hmm. but what's difficult is i like they told the story of the prequel so fast the same thing they did for episode four five and six they told the story of the prequel so fast mm-hmm. that you wanted more and yes hayden christensen looks older the lines in his face the that you, you you can't change that but at the same time, the look was there, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 on board with that, and I, that's that's all that I needed was the look. Having that fight between the two of them, <clears throat> that fight alone, that one moment they that they chose to do a flashback to, was so full of I mean the the connotations that were there were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you want to see that? You want to understand? Like how did the kid? turn into the man that wears the mask. And that's why I'm, I'm with you. Like, I understand that, you know, Vader mm-hmm. is a deeper character. Anakin is a deeper character because of that, because mm-hmm. you know where he ends up, you know what he does. And they give you the key plot points in the prequels. But man, if you don't just, I, I thrive for the stories of like the stuff that happens in between. Mm-hmm. I love the scene in lightsaber battle, and I love seeing him come back, and I love seeing Obi Wan try to point out, like, "Hey, you can't do that," mm-hmm. because when you do that, it does this, right? And you can't have, like, you can't be that kind of, you know, you can't be the asshole kid. You gotta, you gotta shape up. But you right? know what? What was interesting to me, and it, it kind of hit me this way, especially when um, in this episode when you did see Anakin and Obi Wan spar. And even though it, it looked like an older Anakin, to me, I felt like it hit a little bit differently because now you know where he's going. To me, his look was 100% foreshadowing. Yeah. Because sister. it's like, you know what I mean? Even even with, you can tell that he was older because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, obviously. But to me, it was just like, there were certain ways when, like, when he came at, 
And when he was attacking Obi-Wan, and it was just like, you saw this look. I'm like, it just, the fact that he did have this older look, to me, it was 100% foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah. any sense. Oh, yeah. Totally. So well, it's almost like he, he's not like this young, fresh-faced Padawan. It was like, you see the machinations already beginning. It's like when they try to show the dark side mm-hmm. in animation. Exactly. That's what it was like. Exactly. Well, there's two things about that scene. One, that scene right there made the whole show for me. Like, that was something I needed to see. I needed to see Anakin and Obi. That's why they there. brought him back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 100%. I, I needed that, man. It was so great. And you're right. I don't care about him looking a little bit older. I do have a question about that, though, about the timing of this fight in this scene, because he does say that's why you're still a Padawan. And doesn't he become a. Doesn't he's not a Padawan? He is after a the end of episode, episode two, three. right? I thought the end. But of this was Clone War era. In episode two, he had no. It was the beginning of three that he that they gave. In him episode that three, he was a Jedi Knight. Okay, okay. So this must have been in that time period. But Ross, you're 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 exactly right, man. It nails it right on the head. The the prequels were so great and such a great story, but it was rushed. And the fact that you get to see. Like, okay, the end of episode two, you see good Anakin with the seed planted in his head about bad stuff, being evil, the dark side, all this stuff. Then you get to episode three, and he's right on the brink of turning. You don't get any story in between there as to how he got there unless you watch Clone Wars, which is awesome because then you get to see that a little bit of that development of him into that. I mean... And then, and then you get this now, so you get to see that even further. So for people like us who are bigger fans, it's awesome to see that because mm-hmm. the, the the prequels did feel rushed. I love the prequels, but they did feel rushed because this part of the story between episode two and episode three is the most interesting part of Star Wars that we've seen on screen. I still think that the Old yeah. Republic stuff could be more interesting or could, could be really, really fun to watch. I don't know about more interesting, but it could be really fun to watch. But what we've seen on screen is that period of time right there. For me, that's the heart and soul of Star Wars. It's filling in the blanks. Yeah. It's, right it's 100% there. filling in the blanks. And that is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's We were just talking about with the, with the MCU and the Disney Plus shows. Uh-huh. They tell stories that they can't tell anywhere else. Look at what Star Wars is doing with their television. You couldn't have done this in movies and told the story that they were telling without making multiple movies, which look at the end of the day, seven years. Yeah. Why would you not make multiple movies? But I get it. People age and you have to tell a story and, you know, finances fall through and like literally like that kind of stuff dictates what you can and can't make when you can make a show. I mean, what are we talking like a, 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 a third of how fast you used to be able to make a movie. Mm-hmm. You can make a show in a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eight, 10, 12, however many weeks. And then you turn around and spend another six to eight weeks editing it. And it's out on TV. Right. I mean, you can't do that. Now you can. And now that you can, we can get these stories. We can get all this filler. And all that we need is the people to come back because all that you need is glimpses. Mm-hmm. If they plan this out well enough, well, they can make this work yep. out fantastic. 100% they can. Yep. Um, okay, so we've broken down our love for Star Wars and the love for the show. <laughs> Let's break down this episode a little bit. Go through a few scenes in this. Um, 
Opening scene, uh, third sister gets her pin. She is, she gets her blood wings. There you are, Grand Inquisitor. And we saw this coming at this time. Now, we did also mention in the first episode when the Grand Inquisitor is killed by third sister, we didn't see a body. Everyone, yeah. We, we Everyone always thought that. We didn't see a body. We just saw him fall. I mean, for the love of God, Maul got halved and came back. So Exactly. Exactly. So I present to the court figure number one. I mean, think about it though. In theory, with a lightsaber, it cauterizes all wounds. If you went through somebody's torso and didn't, but you don't know the physiology of his species. True. Very true. So it may not have hit anything vital. That's what I'm saying. If it didn't and it cauterized everything, then maybe you just don't die. Maybe you're just really, really hurt. Unless Camille there to put another hole in his body i don't understand how he poops and i don't understand that as a logical <laughs> sense so i don't get it yeah. <laughs> okay i'm sorry <laughs> but with, with that being said i cannot believe based on the fact that she thinks she killed the grand inquisitor in the first episode and it looked like he died that at the end of this episode the grand inquisitor invader just leave her there they just leave her they're like you know what yeah just suffer it's like what? Figure it out. It's like Figure why would out. you not kill her? Right? Why would you? It, it is so contrived for story. Why would you not kill her? Darth Vader would not walk away from you when you just tried to kill him. Would not walk away from you. Playing there is there so much with so the weapon. Say about that fight. Yeah. Actually, there's not, but it's very simple. What I want to say about that fight. Do it. How do you make a mostly limbless Anakin Skywalker? go from being burnt on Mustafar to becoming Vader to what he turns into episode four. He is powerful in episode four, but he is nowhere near as powerful as he is in this fight with Reva. Yeah. In this fight, Reva, he's like, eh, 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 just pushing her. Like, I was like, holy Dude, shit, Vader is just he, pushing her around. <laughs> you could put MC Hammer's too legit to quit on this, and he would just be making hand signals the whole entire time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I was sitting there like, what is happening right now? How I honestly, you- I honestly believe a lot of this maybe is is just that raw, like, it's like that raw power. Like, it's, it's not really controlled. It's like raw, uncontrolled. Yeah. So I and think by the time you I see it in, you know, A New Hope, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. have time for this shit. Mm-hmm. I'll force choke somebody because you're being stupid. But as far as like cat and mouse games, no. And, so and that's, that's a, a good explanation. Later. But I, I think the more logical explanation is that movie was made in the 70s. Late 70s. That's it's hard too. to portray really badass powers. Have you ever gone back and watched the remastered like remake of the Obi-Wan and Vader fight from A New Hope that somebody did yeah. online. The, the that, that is the way it should have been done. But because of the timing the movies were made, you couldn't portray powers like that. Now you can. You know? I'm, I'm, so, I'll be so, dead honest with you. That episode, that version of that fight is my headcanon of how they fight. <laughs> that, that version of that fight is all. Sarah, have you ever yeah. seen that? The the remake of Vader and Kenobi and A New Hope, the fight? It's like some of no, the two new actors totally redid the oh, whole fight. Awesome. It's yeah, it's freaking amazing. Yeah, it yeah. Um, but but I, I think that is part of it. Now you can write it in, like Sarah's saying, and I think that's how you write that into the story to make it. Well, make it's like case in point too. It's like you know, after all that, you know, with you go back to Clone Wars and you put Ahsoka, you add Ahsoka to the story, you know, and it's not just a Padme that you know kind of 
you know, approached him too, because I feel like it was just more than just her. So it's like, you know, you that, and that's the great thing about going back because you're, you're adding more to it to where it, to me, it makes more sense. Yeah. So like yeah. I said, now it's like, here's, yeah, you're being about me, you know, him just walking, you know, you know, walking through, you know, previous episodes and it's just like, just causing all kinds of just straight havoc. He's like, I'm going to just torture this whole damn town. Well, I mean, just felt when weird. we got, oh yeah. Like that, that's all that there was just something about the, um, I don't know, there's just about watching him wave his arms. Like, I'm like, when I have never seen that before, it was new, and new is not what I need from Vader. Right. Like, Vader degrades because he's less of a man. Like, Anakin is less less of a man than he was. Like, his peak of becoming, like, the, the, the balance, no matter which way did you actually see it, was, like, him losing to Obi-Wan. It wasn't mm-hmm. him becoming Vader. Him becoming Vader was like a result of it. Right. Mm-hmm. To me, in my head, like that's no. how I imagine it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think part of the reason, too, that one, besides it looking badass, I mean, think about it. At the end of Rogue One, that Vader scene, or in, mm-hmm. it wasn't Rogue One with the Vader scene where he's mm-hmm. slicing lights. Everybody's like, oh my God, Vader's so badass. One, you have to top that. Okay. And two, I think it portrays the image of Obi Wan's warning Reva. He's like, look, you don't know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You will not win this fight. And maybe it's to the point where, okay, I've seen Vader for this long. I've been studying. I know everything he can do. And then she learns, I don't know shit about what he can do. Like, this guy is yeah. way more powerful than I ever said. I thought it looked awesome, though. I really did it. Like I said, it's almost like he's like air, air bitch slapping her. You know, because he's just waving his hand around, and moving along. That's mm-hmm. pretty fucking awesome. Well, I, I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, I kind of want to talk about the scene, you know, where, you know, Rebel was, you know, giving her backstory in essence i think we kind of all understood that's the way it was going mm-hmm. you know it was her being a youngling in the in the temple mm-hmm. and, the and episode yes and it was just kind of like but I'm, that was another thing of this episode that absolutely gave me chills because it's another viewpoint of order 66 and to know that these kids, younglings or not, force sensitive or not, they still looked up to, they, I mean, they knew who Anakin was. Mm-hmm. And to see him coming in, they're like, oh, you're going to save us. And then, but the look on his face, I mean, it was like, could you imagine seeing him come just bearing down? Oh, yeah. And the next thing you know, he flipped that saber on and it was like, well, it's her describing it too, where she's talking about I hid among the dead bodies and played dead. And you know which what? I'm not, it's so which sad I'm not gonna lie, that. in a situation like that, y'all, that's that's one of the first things I'd probably do too, because I know I'm not winning that fight. Just play dead. <laughs> Maybe they won't come back and re-kill you. And the sad thing about it, in this day and time, it has happened. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that's just, but it was just, but then you got to see her emotion. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it's and now you understood why. You know, it's, you know, she was, it's like the whole revenge factor because she was a hundred percent blaming everyone. And she's like, where were you? Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you fellas, but I'm like, I think he had his hands full at that point in time. Yeah. Well, she didn't know that, but yeah. But that's yeah, the thing about thing. it. So she's like blaming him. So it's, but that's the thing about a sit. It's never your fault. It's everybody else's fault. Yeah. You know, when, you, you push me. It's, it's your fault. It's like, if you're, you know, that 
whatever. But. You just said it. Like in today's culture, there's there's these things are mirrored. Um, when something happens that's extremely sad and detrimental, what people say is, "Well, what kind of house did they grow up in? What, what were their it, parents it's like?" It's always somebody else's fault. Exactly. Right. There's, there's a and reason so, that justifies why they did what they did. When you yes. say why, look, from our point of view, what we know about this universe is number one: when Qui Gon said you have to train the kid, everyone in the theater is like, "No, you don't. No." You don't have to train that kid. You can let that kid die. It's fine. Let him die. It's okay. <laughs> Anakin is turmoil in a box. You don't need to wrap that shit or anything. Just leave it. Don't touch it. Maybe burn it. Who knows? But what would you do? What would you do if you knew that Obi-Wan trained the person that ultimately killed everyone that you knew? Oh, yeah. I can get and that's the sad thing about it because everyone was just as floored as anybody else. Yeah. And I think that was his, you know, Anakin's betrayal to him because he's like, I knew you. It's like, how in the hell could you have even gone to this extent? Mm -hmm. I think he says that in one episode two is like, what happened yeah. to you? You know? Exactly. Well, Reva's logic is flawed in this series, though. I don't know if it's writing or what, but it is flawed because she tells obi-wan that she wants the reason she wants to kill vader is so that way he can't do things like he did to the younglings again he doesn't want him to kill but so that means your whole life you're going to work for him and kill innocent people so that way you can kill him so he won't kill innocent people because exactly. i've seen you in this show yeah. try to kill innocent people like did they like, kill them she because was ordering she was ordering we saw a we saw a massive jurassic park style ember collection of jedi well, that's like, true. I don't, I don't know what happened to all of them. That's true. Well, I just mean, like, like to at, believe the, at the beginning of the, the first few scenes, she's commanding them to kill those innocent people to try to draw Obi-Wan out, and the other Inquisitors true. wouldn't do it. So, like, she's all aboard about doing the killing thing. But you're also talking about the Obi-Wan situation, and has she? she's clearly crossing a line now. Like, all of the other Inquisitors feel like this is her breaking point. Uh, okay. And that breaking yeah. point is coming because of now it's connected to Obi-Wan slash Anakin. Okay. I can buy that. So she's been playing ball the whole other part of the time and keeping her mouth shut and just, you know, pissing people off rather than killing them. Maybe she hasn't been doing a whole lot of bad things. Okay. The big problem I have with this series so far, it's happened. This is like the fourth time now. I think I sent y'all a picture last week with the first three of like, oh, if we could only get around these obstacles to get to <laughs> capture these people. Like one was the fire, then there was the vine. Like it's like, it's like, okay, they're, they're really doing some bad writing with the getaways here. They did it again this episode. You know, they have the badass scene where Vader walks in and there's this ship going out and it's just about to go out and he grabs it with the force and pulls it back down. I was like, that's an awesome scene. You see the whole hangar in that scene. Yep. There's what? not another ship in that hangar. Okay. He brings it down. Then the other ship just lifts up and takes off. One, there was no other ship there. Okay. Two, why wouldn't Vader just grab that one too? No, his like, force well, meter was depleted. What was, I don't know yeah, I guess so. Yeah, in the video game, I guess, <laughs> I guess they were too far gone. away. But for what else? Yeah. Like, so I saw that and I was like, "Come on, man!" Like they were writing some really, really crappy escape plans in the in these uh the the show. The show. That's the fourth. I time have not been a like, fan of the Vader stuff in this episode. I have not minded it in any other episode. I didn't mind the Rogue One thing. I didn't mind any of it. This episode, I'm just not a fan of it. Not to say I don't think that this show is really good, right? Because I'm. I'm on board with it. Mm -hmm. But you know what? There has been something with all the shows I haven't really liked. But it hasn't been more than like 
like this. Like this is like my Vader thing. I don't know, well, like long term, it, if I can look past it or not. But think about I, it. What, what you're normally used to Vader, you're not really used to Vader doing these types of things. Right. Totally. Yeah. So I don't know this time frame. We've seen very minimal Vader. To be truly yeah, honest, exactly. we haven't so, seen a lot of Vader on screen. So it's almost like I'm not seeing this truly as Vader. I'm really seeing this more as like the Anakin Vader hybrid because yeah. I can see Anakin doing shit like this. I can see his emotion where he's like, oh, you, come here. I'm just, you know, just throwing tantrums and shit because a lot of times this is tantrums. I mean, I see that part of it. So if, if you took this and I don't, it's, and like I said, it's just that connection because to me, this just feels like a younger version of Vader trying to like be the badass. I, I don't know. I guess this was it. Tom Pierce supposed to be like, what, 10 years? 10 years mm-hmm. before. Well, so, I, well, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. I could see right? like a lot of stuff that he does now, like maybe within like three to five, <laughs> not necessarily 10, because it seems like by that time it would be a little more. I guess a little no, more see, that's in. where I think that right there is the prime point. I think I'm trying to make, mm-hmm. I could see it sooner. I'm not sure because at the end of rogue one, that fight didn't feel like it was so far separated from the Vader that we knew in episode four, because right. it happens right before. I think yeah. it's he because he, he the Vader we're like used to, he's more controlled. Up. He's more controlled. Yeah. This Vader is not, well, it's like, I, I'm going to go in and just, wreak havoc because i have this i have this emotional like want i want to find everyone i want to do this i want you know it's this emotional i have one middle finger so f the world yeah it's like you have this emotional drive and but that's not really what you see in the vader that technically we're kind of used to yeah well, look, I want to hit it, pan this comment right here. She says, I think that Vader might have a bit of a soft spot because that's the youngling that survived with being talking about third sister and maybe in his own hubris is the reason why Rev is still alive. Um, look, I, I'm looking at it as kind of like this. Like, I think the strongest Darth Vader is the Anakin-Vader combo because the strongest per- version of that person is with Anakin in him, both light and dark side in him. So in this, up to this point where we're going to have this gap because we're going to have, uh, what, another 10 12 year gap where obi-wan where vader either thinks obi-wan is dead or they're not they never talk to each other see each other okay so i think that in this time where vader knows obi-wan's alive and this stuff's going on it's still more anakin and vader once Mm -hmm. vader thinks obi-wan's gone it's full on vader which is not as powerful as anakin and vader then once obi-wan and and vader meet back up and he has feels the uh, feeling he's not felt since dot 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 anakin wakes back up and that's where anakin that's where vader starts to make the turn again where he has the moment in jedi where he throws him that that in my head canon that's the way that's that good works point. i like you know? it so i can follow that yeah. absolutely and uh i don't know if you played all the ea star wars games but they're doing a fallen order subplot where the second where the second sister oh that'll be cool i actually uh, i have sure. fallen order haven't started playing it yet but i did start watching the fallen order movie like just the video cutscenes, and I'm like 30 minutes into it, and it's it's a freaking awesome story. Like it's just like watching a movie. I mean, you have to fill some parts in, you know. The like game is worth playing, my man. Yeah, I want to, but I have to delete everything off my PlayStation first to, to be able to put it on there. So or just buy some external memory. But that would be pretty cool to see uh, to see a Fallen Order subplot. I'm I'm more psyched for this remake of Guitar Two coming out. 
like I'm oh it's gonna be fun yeah um let's see what else oh uh Talia's sacrifice or Talia's sacrifice we got talk May about the force that. be with you yeah uh got a phone call real quick y'all talk to me about talk about whatever you want to real quick the <laughs> fact that she said that was it was really funny because you actually got that brought into this you didn't like I think that this show is showing you that since 10 years has passed for me that 10 years in Obi-Wan in for Obi-Wan is a heavy weight like you see how far disconnected he is from the life that he has lived until now turning into the life that he needs to, to get back into and for her as someone who poses as an imperial spy and everything else to turn around and say you know sacrifice yourself may the force be with you it's ridiculous because you see the struggles you see how obi-wan is having to come back to the life that he left and he left because he had to kill his paddle on his brother his friend his everything that he knew for his whole life for a while so i don't know how much more i can take of seeing Obi-Wan, like this look of just like utter disbelief mm-hmm. and like I can't I mean it's the emotion that he's showing is you know mm-hmm. it's blowing my mind you know even in this episode he was like he said Anakin you know not Vader but it was just like it's you know it's, it's Anakin and he's coming to grips to where Anakin Vader he still sees him as kind of separate and now he's starting to, I don't know if he can really like, he's trying to put it together. Like, because he's seeing the things he's like, it's not Anakin, that's Vader. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just. Well, you, you got to think about the weight on his shoulders. I mean, think about this. You are basically a superhero in your universe. Okay. With responsibility to control, to help keep the universe and not, not just a planet, the universe in order. Okay. You find a guy who's supposed to be a by pro a, prophesized as the one who will let you accomplish your goal which you've experienced your whole life and led your life by and in literally a blindsided one hour move everything's changed not only to a point where everything you knew was destroyed but now this affects the entire universe like the weight on his shoulders is is tremendous like i he's got to have some serious ptsd but to think that after their last battle, he thought he thought he was he took care of it. I mean, it was like he's like, okay, we had this final battle, we had this final yep. showdown. You know, there's you're you're he thought he was dead. But see, even thinking he was dead, he still knows that the Jedi failed. There's still an empire out there. There's still a Sith that are ruling now. And even and if he didn't even expect if, Anakin to to be that guy. Oh yeah, yes. and that's why it's even more on his shoulders. Yeah, it's it's so it's discover least... that it's you're like. Whoa, <laughs> that's one kick that I don't think he can come back from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two more things we need to discuss real fast, but I want to make the point. Um, we have one episode left. Oh, I know it sucks, and we know where it has to leave us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because I don't think that the rumors of having a Kenobi episode or a season two are as true as having stories that spawn off from this right mm-hmm. they have to end up in a place where the two of them fight and he makes anakin feel like he did in that flashback scene from this episode 
Mm-hmm. That has to be, that has to be what happens. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about things that we expect, I expect that to happen. I expect mm-hmm. Obi-Wan to treat Anakin like a Padawan. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I said, Vader has to think Obi-Wan is defeated at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Or, or they have to give me some kind of explanation as why he stops looking for him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yes. we do. You're right. We know where it ends up basically because of the way the episode ended. Right? The communicator is found. Which... I'm sorry if you're Obi Wan, man. You keep that thing on you. Yeah, you I, give that to somebody else. You keep that thing especially on, especially to that dude. Haja is not the person that you just Mm-mm. say, "Okay, take it and run." Mm-mm. Panda says if there's a Kenobi season two, it'll be ten ten years time. So I guess right before New Hope, that would make a little more sense. It depends on how they end the season. Panda, to be truly honest with you, it, it really does. Because think about it, this whole season is it's only six episodes. Take its span over a few day period, right? Mm-hmm. Three or four days, probably. I know there's supposed to be a Reva-centric show in talks. And I also know that, like, oh, I also have read, I don't know, that uh, Millie Bobby Brown is possibly connected financially through contract to something that's going to happen in the future. Okay. And it has always been rumored that she would play young Leia. Mm -hmm. She hasn't played this young Leia because clearly way too old but it is a thing that is making the rounds so if it bears weight then it is possible that there is a reva leia luke i would assume that they stay away from luke because luke is dangerous if you tell a story around luke you gotta be super careful with that one yeah you start tampering on timelines and things Mm -hmm. that exist that you don't need to which is why I don't think that they tell an Obi-Wan story as much as they could possibly bring Ian McGregor back. But if they want to bring Ewan McGregor back, then they just do so. He's game. He's on board. Oh, yeah. But you could do that in a number of ways. Well, and the best thing is you, you're only telling Obi-Wan stories as he's getting older. And guess what? In real life, exactly. he's getting older. Yeah. So it works out perfect. for He's right in that time frame where he could play this character for the rest of his life. Yeah, because, Absolutely. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Panda says Millie would be a really good Leia. I'm not gonna lie, I gotta look uh, look up who that is. I don't uh, know who that is. Because you have watched Stranger Things. Yeah, it's a lot of Stranger Things. Uh, okay, yeah, don't know who that is. Well, dude, my daughter's seen... even watched all of Stranger Things. I mean, come <laughs> Mine on, Mine has dude. too. Don't know me about it. Mine definitely has too. Uh, They've done the plenty thing? of posters, like fan posters and stuff, for that. So it yeah. works out really well. What was the other thing you said? You said you had two more things we had to talk about. I know one of them had to have been the the end scene. Where they find the communicator, right? Yeah. Uh, The oh, the moment when the Grand Inquisitor returned. Yes. I was like, yeah. Yes. Well, here's the thing: with it being week to week, everyone's gonna talk massive shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't everyone talk shit about him getting killed. That's what I'm saying. Rebels canon. Rebels canon. Yes. And so that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, everyone gets the opportunity to talk shit. They get the opportunity to say things. Why? Because it brings in likes and subscribes and blah, 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 blah. Water cooler conversation. Yeah. Right. But water cooler isn't what it used to be. Now wow. it's YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So the simple fact that uh, 
everyone made it such a big point. And I'm like, it's not a big point if you just wait. Just wait. Mm-hmm. No one has patience. We don't live in a patient world. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference People in a movie. Text, if, if it was a movie, down. you'd have seen it instantly. As soon as it ended and they came out and started yeah. talking about it, they would have had the answer for that. So, yeah. But I think that uh, him, I thought it was strange with his such tight connection with Vader. Like, Vader allowed him to, like, uh, essentially, like, like castrate Reva, like, right in front of him. You know, like, he, like, the Grand Inquisitor stepped up, walked right in front of Vader, and was just sitting there, like, berating the living hell out of her. Vader did nothing. Yeah. After well, Vader... I have a feeling probably um, the Inquisitor had Vader's ear prior to all this, because it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like he was saying, it's like, you think Reva's going to create, or kind of go through this whole plan without Vader figuring it out because especially as you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like there there was there was some there was some talking in the background. Yeah. Oh yeah. They knew. Yes. So it's almost like a cat and mouse game. Yeah, true. Yeah. So really in this in this series it's like, all right, who really is the mouse? We know Nick Kenobi is. You have one of them too. <laughs> I, I would love to get an emperor reference in this in this uh series. Like uh I don't need to see a cameo, but just some kind of reference. And I and I don't have to have it either. It's not gonna break it if I don't, but it'd be cool to, to hear something about that. Just kind of tie everything in, just be like, Oh, still here. <laughs> One of the coolest things about this episode was that lightsaber was I did like with the Reba Darth Vader fight. How Vader takes her saber from her. Breaks it in oh, half. Let's talk about all lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> one to her. I was like, oh, all... which by the way, he, yeah, did she, how many lightsabers did she have? Because she had the double ended lightsaber. She had the one with the circular blade on it. She, like, no, the double ended is the circular. I was happy to see the. But, but Vader broke that in half, and then whenever he leaves, it's one piece again. That's all over the place right now. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Everyone's <laughs> okay. like, how did okay. he break it? And then it's mystically back together. Okay. Um, so I'm not crazy. I don't know. I have no good answer for that. Uh, I can only say that he didn't break it. He just separated it. Um, the Hella Saber. There's only that one Saber and it's double ended. Like he never pulls his out, which I think that they're, they're saving that, that for the last episode. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like Vader's not going to unsheath his Saber until like it's necessary. Well, he did against Obi-Wan the first time they fought. But it's not for Reva. Right. Yeah, exactly. Reva's yeah, not that's worth his saber. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I just got like the like, quick coupler like gauges. <laughs> there you go. Um, but all of the other ones that they had, they just had a box of lightsabers in this show. Yeah. Yes. Not gonna lie. Like, you know, I would have grabbed one. Yeah. But, yeah. We would have taken them all. Yeah. But, see, like, but you know, and, and I another thing. Grievous. I killed Grievous. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now. I need all of these. Yeah. But that was another. That was another point in this in this in this episode too. Of, you know, Obi Wan opens it up and he sees, like you said, you see all these sabers, and you know, you like, these are probably Jedi that are no longer with us. Oh yeah. And especially picking up like the robes, you know, just that it was almost like you know reminiscence of a time past. And I mean, it was it's kind of it was really sad. It was actually very good because the costume 
choice as a transition from episode three to episode four. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really clever. I, that's the kind of stuff I really pick up on that I really like that most people want to see how the story progresses. I'm like, oh, that is a story for me. Mm-hmm. Like, how does he get from like the person that he was to the person that he ends up being? Uh-huh. So it was cool seeing him don something different, I guess. Yeah. Well, look, we got one episode left. The finale's next Wednesday, which I usually wait till Friday to watch these, but I'm pretty sure I'll be watching this one on Wednesday night because I'm excited to see what happens with it. Um, I- I'm wondering, do we get a little Luke in this? Because we haven't had anything but the small little distant picture, and then we saw him sleeping in this episode. Do we see any kind of action with Luke at the end of this? Uh, is he? Is, does that actor have a line? Or is he just a stand-in for young Luke? I worry that they're going to not address it, and that's going to be where they pick up whatever happens after this. Okay. I think that your resolve is going to be them getting away, him returning Leia, and then him figuring out what he has to do to disconnect what is currently known from Anakin and his kids yeah. and himself and then have the battle. And and that raises the other question. Rev is the one who found the communicator. Hmm. She didn't even get the whole message. Is she going to reunite with Vader to give him this message? And um, it feels so like, good. Yeah, like, like what's going to happen here? Are you going back to the guy who just basically bitch slapped you and you know, deep pulled your your. Well, the plan was kind of like you know laid bare. I mean, it was like he knew that she was, you know, basically gunning for him. So I mean, I yeah. don't know if there's any really return on that one. I don't know. I either. think the only thing that you can do is have her become a problem in whatever is going to turn into the next season. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the, at some point he has to protect Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not protect Luke. He has to. He has to make sure that nothing comes in between Luke and the world that he doesn't yet know about yet. Mm-hmm. And so, if Rev is part of that problem, then you know she could be a big bad, or she could be something else. You know, like we, who knows what they're going to come up with? Yeah, I just know that I know they're going to tell a story after this. I just don't know what it is yet. Right. You know what? I kind of want to go into it not knowing what it is. I'm doing this as always. What do you think she could possibly team up with Obi Wan, and then somehow it kind of turned goes out? Totally. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, anything's on the table. She could be the fault where, you know, their defeat could possibly mask the fact of, or you know, kind of turn Vader off of thinking that he had defeated, or turn on to he had defeated Obi Wan. Dude, Obi Wan can't make sashimi and and feed his little farting animal the whole entire time <laughs> like there has to be something else that he does right right well i'll go ahead so. and tell you right now if they're going to give us more obi-wan they need to have some kind of connection with ahsoka because the the connection with obi-wan and ahsoka and clone wars and throughout the whole story and for like order 66 to happen and then he just never ever tries to contact her again i'm just like come on y'all fill that blank in this is like his daughter like he, I, I, I'm just waiting for that storyline where he's like, oh yeah, I forgot about Ahsoka. Let's try to see what's going on with her. Like, so if they give me more Obi Wan, then connect those stories a little bit. Give You're not waiting hard like enough. That. You didn't watch Rebels. Yeah. Not that anything happened there. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. you know, 
you can fill in more information. I hear you. Okay. Yeah, I should. I will. I got season one out of the way. It's got to be the other three seasons. <laughs> season, season two is a lot longer than season one. So. Yeah, but mm. it is so worth it. Oh, I imagine it is. I've, I've watched the first, I think, two or three episodes of season two. I just hadn't, hadn't fully gotten back into it. And I'm off Monday. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll sit down and watch a few hours of Rebels on Monday. Because you could blow through a season six, seven hours of nothing it, to do. It's Rebels. Like, you don't need to watch every last little thing. It would help. Yeah. But, like, you can turn on the background and do some shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, do y'all have anything else about Obi-Wan? We got the uh, finale next week. And then, uh, Ross, I think you said next week Umbrella Academy drops, right? <gasps> Wednesday. it. So uh, if they do, the, I don't know if they're doing the whole season or just the first few episodes. Um, I, probably I assume know. it's the whole thing, but I can't. Isn't that what they've done it. in the past? Yeah. If it is the whole thing, then we might just cover oh. like the first half of it or the first few episodes of it next week. That way we're not like strained to watch the whole season in like a few days. Well, we can stretch it out. We can do like two or three or something. Yeah, yeah. that way we're not uh, and give us something to talk about. It's a little more water. It will be talk. the last episode of Obi-Wan, so that's pretty much like a focus. Mm-hmm. Yes. It'll and then right. you're going to have episode three of Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode eight of Strange New Worlds, which I assume is going to be kind of a filler. Because they've got what, 10? 10. Yeah, so it's getting close to the end. And then what's the other one? Um, Boys. The boy. Which we have. Up, I should be up to date by the end. So. <laughs> okay. Good, because I'm going to tell you right now. This is called no. Geeks Chasing Squirrels, not Geeks Chasing Hamsters. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we wouldn't be able to catch that hamster. I'm no. that right now. Fuck Jamie. <laughs> yeah, we would not be able to catch that hamster. Why do you guys tell me that shit? Why do you guys tell me that shit? Because now I'm like... <laughs> now I got to go watch it. You'll see it. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It's hella hamster. You didn't talk about termites. I... No. No. Uh, so Panda asked, do we know what they're going to do with uh, Ellie and Ellie or Elliot Page's character? It's actually kind of um, the simple fact that they're doing a uh, they're doing a uh, how do I describe it? It's, not, it's kind of like a universe jump, like a multiverse style like a jump. Multiverse, right? Yeah, it's like another. Yeah, so with the Sparrow Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe Sparrow- it's Victor is the name that they're going by in this one. Where uh, instead of Vanya, it's Victor. Yeah, and so. so they're they're already blending it in. So it's uh, they they, they shot this like two years ago or something. So yeah, they actually handled that that uh, situation with, with the character. Yeah, the position with the character very kind of flawlessly in the show, like writing mm-hmm. the show to be able to. I'm like, wow, that's, they did a pretty good job of, of writing that in there and not just changing and not saying anything or which they have the right to do that too. But like they 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 took what they had and they wrote it into a story that what looks yeah. like from what I think Dude, is going to make a lot of sense. You know? This show has like, once again, like no limits. Like there's nothing that they can't do. Oh that, yeah. That will just not seem like it doesn't belong. So I tell you what I hope though, is I really, really hope if we're doing different universes, I really hope we get to see, um, uh, cha-cha and, uh, uh <laughs> what's his name again? Like, cause I, cause yeah. I, I love those characters. It'd be cool to see a different version of those characters. That, that first episode or that first season with mm-hmm. them in the uh, lab, yeah, all oh, that oh. was really good. Oh yeah, but all right, cool. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Plans right now next Friday, unless we have no power or we have stuff that comes up or anything else happens, and you know we can always just fire. But we're gonna be try to be here every week regardless. So 
9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, either Friday or Saturday. And if things push where they have to, maybe we'll do a Sunday show sometime. We'll see. But Thor Love and Thunder coming up. We just went over all the list of shows. Uh, the content never stops, so we won't either. Sarah, where can they find you at if they want to talk to you? Find me on Twitter at My Lady Kitten. Um, pretty much bounce around there, here and there. So <laughs> that's about it. Yes, 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 yes. Ross here, correct? Here and here and only here. You can find me on a in a theater the Thursday before Eleven Thunder. Yeah, be a good one, buddy. I'm telling you, it's gonna be fun times. Glad we got tickets already. Uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. It's my personal handle on Twitter uh, at GCS Podcast One is the show handle. Like I said, 9 p.m. Fridays or Saturdays, generally Fridays, uh, Eastern Standard Time every week. And uh, that's all I got, man. So until next week, y'all keep pounding. Bye, guys. Later. <laughs>